get it going. It's time to get up. Now here's Brandon Sutter breaking up a play from Stutzla. He's got a chance left wing to the net. Sutter deeks to the forehead. He scores. I need a hat. A tip of the cap to Brandon Sutter. He's got his first hat trick in the NHL. These guys are here to break it all down. Yeah, I was happy with the game. Happy with the win. Thought our team played well tonight. You know, I thought we built on what we talked about last game and, and came out and responded with a good game tonight. Let's have a little fun and make you a winner. Everyone's got to freaking relax a little bit. Relax. This is the starting lineup with James Zabalski and Perry Solkowski. Rise and shine, Metro Vancouver. It is Tuesday, January 26th. This is the starting lineup here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. James Sabalski here. Perry Solkowski there. Greg Valick on the other side of the glass. Hanging with you until 9 o'clock this morning here on Sportsnet 650. 650, 650, the Dunbar Lumber text line. Let's get those submissions in right away. Canucks in a song. I see some pouring in already. Let's keep the good times rolling. We'll hit the music in just a little bit. At Sportsnet 650 is where you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram as well. Also welcome the submissions and conversation as uh, we've got a busy show over the course of the morning pair. And I guess everybody kind of standing down and breathing for one night here in Canucks land. Do it for one night. Uh, you know, I am positive Perry. I watched that hockey game, and uh, let's make no mistake. That was a bad effort by the Ottawa Senators. We'll hear from their coach, too. But you got guys who stepped up, right? You got stepped up. It, I, I'm always interested to talk to Bird at 7, but I want to know what it's like for him when you're supposed to do the scoring, you have a terrible night, but you're just watching your team go, man, we got another one? Excellent. Oh, I don't need to get one on the other shift. Hey, good on them. Good, a great effort by Sutter. Good effort by the hockey team offensively, taking advantage of all the opportunities. Big saves and goal when they needed it, when it was tight. And you thought, oh, now it's a 2-1 game. So I'll give them four marks. But as I'm watching that game last night, James, I'm going, okay, these guys aren't the Montreal Canadiens. This is a night off. I don't think you're going to get many in, many in the North Division. But full marks. Hey, you have to beat what's in front of you. And the effort the Canucks put forth, I don't know how many teams they beat in the North Division but they need the confidence and they should get back on the ice tomorrow against Ottawa have to be better, but have that feeling. Okay. There's finally one. So full marks fun to watch a night like that. I don't think we're going to get many this year. Well, if, if, if you want to look at the negative, you can look at your top line and you know, Elias Pettersson still stuck in the mud, right? I mean, there's, I mean, you get seven goals and your best offensive player doesn't factor in on the score sheet. Like, it would be, think about this. Wayne Gretzky is 60 years old today. And I remember as a kid I would wake up because so often, pair, you know, they were the night games as a kid growing up in Ottawa. You'd get the box scores, you know, from the late edition from the paper when it was delivered to your doorstep around dinner time, And I'd go and look in the box score. Like, what did Gretzky do last night, right? And if the Oilers always scored at least six or seven a night. And think about the times that Wayne Gretzky would be held off the score sheet on a night that your team scored or the Oilers would score six or seven goals. Just didn't happen, right? But no. Petey, you know, not really factoring in on the scoring. But I'll tell you what, you know, some of those bottom six guys, guys that we sometimes use and abuse in this market, guys we talk about being overpaid. Uh, I'll tell you what, quietly to start the season, if you want to find a couple of positives up front, 
Tyler Mott, I don't think anybody complains about his price point, but Tyler Mott uh, has had a very good start to the season, and I'll tell you what, Brandon Sutter as well. Um, hat trick for him, first career hat trick last night, and you look at the value that Brandon Sutter showed for this team from the playoffs last year, Pair, he's kind of carried it over. I think this was kind of the version of Brandon Sutter that we were all led to believe that this market was getting, what, six years ago, seven years ago now, when they first pulled that trade uh, and brought Brandon Sutter here. Didn't see it with injuries and whatnot, but I'll tell you what, for a guy who kind of steps into that third line, man, Brandon Sutter, for the old dog, for the old legs, he still brings it. Oh, he played like he was seven years younger. And I do think, and Travis Green said, hey, I'm not going to put anything. I think our bottom six has been good throughout this tough start. I'm going to disagree. James, I think the bottom six has to contribute a little bit. I talked about it yesterday. Like, I don't think there's a free pass that your top two lines score, and if they can't, no one else is. No, we just watched the Montreal Canadiens for three games. They're pretty balanced. You need the odd time. You're not looking for three goals from Sutter, and you're not looking for Tyler Mott to lead this team in ice time, which he did. Tells you how the game is unique. But you do need them to contribute every once in a while. If you get five, maybe they have to get one. Um, and so that's great that they can get it done. And Sutter will hear from him, said, listen, it's not like we don't think the big guys are going to get going. We know it'll get going to contribute now. That's the positive. So I think you're, you're right. I mean, you, you didn't need to wait for the postgame comment to find out what JT Miller thought of his game. It was there for everybody to hear in the second period. Uh, he's a frustrated hockey player. And I think he's vocally saying exactly what, Pedersen is thinking like, man, why can't we get this together? You're watching on the bench. Everybody go out and have great scoring opportunities. They jump on the ice and nothing's happening. But I'll take that as a positive. You can put up seven. They continue to slump because there's just no way the odds are completely against these guys that they won't find it at some point. You you need the Canucks needed a spark. They needed somebody to steal a game for them. And Obviously, when you've got your big guns scuffling the way they are, you hope that somebody else steps up. And Brandon Sutter was that guy last night, right? And I, I think you can give some credit to Thatcher Demko as well when you look at what he did in between the pipes. And I, I don't think it was anything flashy or, or one that you kind of walked away like we saw against Vegas in the playoffs last year. But there's still 36 shots that the team gives up, and Demko solid. I think the I think the Canucks did a much better job of kind of limiting the the high end crazy dangerous chances. Yes, there were still a few, but the Canucks limited those compared to what we saw them hemorrhaging those opportunities against the Montreal Canadiens for those three games. But that bottom six, those guys had a night, man. You know, Jay Beagle. For as much as you don't like, I mean, I, I don't like that three million dollar AAV. But I'll tell you what, he was dominant in the faceoff circle last night. You know, Brandon Sutter, man, he had himself a game, uh, not only in the faceoff circles, but obviously his first career hat trick as he, he steps up another Sutter with a hat trick in the National Hockey League. But Sutter, 8-2 and two in the faceoffs last night. You know, and then you know, look at some of the other supporting cats. Olio Levy, after putting one off the post on Saturday night against the Habs pair, gets his first career NHL goal. 55 months after the Canucks took him fifth overall in 2016. Hey, well, you know, it's funny. You look at it. Uh, who else? You know, in Edmonton on Sunday night, everyone's going, wow, finally, 
Jesse Pujarvi, probably the best game he's ever played, and there's Ole Olevi 24 hours later. Two Finns highly touted that haven't really lived up to what's expected. He's had two very good hockey games, Olevi has, uh, in the middle of this of this storm that the Canucks have been in. I would go back to Thatcher Demko, and it's not like the saves were big, but they were timely, James. They were timeless. He slides across, makes that save on the power play. You go, thank you. You need that. You need that little bit of a confidence boost. I thought they were still sloppy in their own end. Chances they gave up. There were two-on-ones, and this Ottawa team just couldn't create. There were times they weren't getting shots away on a two-on-one, so they weren't good offensively. You have to tighten it up, but you need those saves, and they got those saves from Thatcher Demko, and I think this team will be getting to the point, not this week, but look at it and go, okay, we're going to go with this guy again. I mean, is it conceivable that after a day off that Travis Green says, you know what, we're going to go with Demko again tomorrow? I think that might be a conversation, even though he might have had this all planned out. He thinks that goes, you know, Thatcher was good today. We'll go again. And then, then we'll, we'll see what Braden could do. And Saturday's a new decision. I think we're getting to that point, but everything seemed to fit into place. And specifically Sutter has the night, but he's back in the faceoff circle. You know, he was the odd man out when you were bringing Adam Gaudet and kind of forcing Gaudet to be that number three center. It's okay. Let's go Sutter. Let's go Beagle and the faceoff and the domination, the faceoff from the third and fourth line showed. It certainly did. Uh, let's hear from some of the key ingredients from last night's game, starting with Brandon Sutter, who uh, picks up his first career NHL hat trick. Here's what Sutz had to say on that uh, magical mark for the first time in his NHL career. It uh, feels pretty good, actually. Uh, um, you know, you never, you never know when you're going to get one or if you're going to get one. So only took me uh, only took 13 years and uh, I was uh, you know pretty excited. Um, but it was a good, uh, good win for our team. We just needed a good game and and uh, a little bit of confidence for our team going forward. And, and uh, you know, we can definitely expect, uh, you know, a, a tougher game next game against them and just be ready to play. There's there's your slump buster. And you could even see the line in the sand coming late in the game there yesterday, Pear, where, you know, the gloves were dropping. There was a little more push and snarl, getting a little chippy late in the game. It was starting to look like the Chiefs and the Bills from Sunday. But, you know, hey, look, I mean, if there was a team that needed one, in a market that demands a lot and has a lot of expectations this year for the first time in a long time, boy, the Canucks in that room, they needed a night like that. I just think for that psyche, I'm sure they were feeling it. It's it's tough to escape the conversation right now here in this market. It's 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 everywhere. I walked into Surrey Honda yesterday to go in for an oil change. You know, and all I can hear is the conversation down from a couple of the staff employees and they're like Man, Canucks, you know, Canucks, 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 you know, walking down the street, going down, and <laughs> people talking Canucks everywhere, man. It's like people, like the passion is back, but it also comes with expectations too. They needed last night. Well, and, and, and I didn't think uh, many people would have said, here's the guy who's going to lead them. And by the way, when you get your first career hat trick, you're thinking maybe there's got to be a tap in there and maybe in the third period they're feeding you. He did it all on his own, man. He had the Superman cape going on. Gets one on his butt to start it with the backhand. Yeah. Then just absolutely snipes one from the face-off circle. Couldn't put it any better. And then decides, you know what? I'll just do this on my own, and I'll keep the D-man on my hip. I'll finish on Matt Murray, who, by the way, was terrible. But, man, that's those are three pretty ones for Sutter. Uh, you know, at the farm with the beer in hand 10 years from now. Hey, uh, can you tell us you ever got a hat trick? Oh, let me tell you about the hat trick and all three goals. Uh, full credit for Sutter last night, for sure. You know what's funny? Think about that. If that's a Pedersen goal, right? 
that's that's on the highlights everywhere around the National Hockey League. It was the only game last night, the NHL, right? Yeah, but so think about think about and think about and think about the conversation right now where we're going, man, he is so special. Oh my god, did you see that PD on the ice and he still puts it in? You know, I, I think the market is just salivating over PD in that to- sort of moment. You know, I feel like it's a little bit of reluctant love for Brandon Sutter outside of the Andrew Walker household, but yeah. That's that I mean like that was a hell of a nice goal last night to kind of get the scoring going. And and listen, you know you know Sutter thinks he can score and he does that. I mean, you you don't do that cuz you're lucky. I mean, it took him 13 years to do that, but you got to know he's thinking guaranteed when he plays them tomorrow if Murray's in again that hey man, I got this guy's number. I'm shooting it well. And that's what you need, right? You need that help from your bottom six, but yeah, he, let's not lose light of how he scored those three goals. I mean, they were beauties. And great point by you. We would be going, oh, my God, what a night by Pedersen. Scores on his butt, picks the corner, goes around on the guy. The guy could have had six or seven. He's going to rip it up, player of the week this week. Sutter gets it done. That's not his style, but full credit, man. Those goals were great. Here's Travis Green on uh, what he saw last night. As we mentioned, Tyler Mott, key contributor. Brandon Sutter, key contributor. Jay Beagle getting it done last night in the face-off dots as well. Even Antoine Roussel picking up an assist and dropping the gloves. I mean, that's you kind of want to see him contribute. We hadn't seen much of that. Here's what Coach Travis Green had to say about his bottom six. I do. Uh, we were talking about it before the game in this room with you guys that uh, the Beagle line has been very solid. Sutz was part of that. Uh, we put Sutz back in the middle just to solidify things a little bit. And, um, you know, it was good to see. We got we got some scoring throughout our lineup today, which was nice. Not that we're going to see this stay sustainable all season long, I would imagine. Adam Gaudet will factor back into the lineup. But, boy, oh, boy, does it not create a lot of questions here for this team, wondering what is Adam Gaudet going forward where here you're back to be, you know, you're back to Sutter as your center on the third line. And, you know, hey, look, it's one game. You got some success here, Pear. But... You know, try to figure out, you know, Adam Gaudet, you know, sitting the last couple of nights, has one point in his last 16 combined games as a Vancouver Canuck. You know, Jake Vertanen kind of plays into that sort of, you know, that that role as well. And, and Jake hasn't exactly set the world on fire through the first eight games. But, you know, there's two young guys around the same age. And you're kind of wondering, like, are these guys part of your core going forward? They check the boxes from an age standpoint. But from a productivity standpoint and a consistency standpoint, they're not there. I'll go back to Thursday's word by the head coach, immaturity, right? That's where they are right now. Shouldn't be, but it takes a long time. I remember Travis telling a group of us that he probably took six years before he figured out how to play in the NHL. And he was playing in the NHL, but he says, you just understand what's needed. And I do think, um, hey, look at Zach McEwen. I love Zach McEwen's game when they left the bubble, right? Like this guy was going to be an energy guy. And before they went to the bubble in those key games when they're in the playoff race, Zach McEwen was a game changer, right? And then he was pulled out and Louis Erickson comes in and Louis just Louis. And you go, get Zach in. And he returns to the lineup and there he is. He's an energy player. Didn't see that to start the year. Saw it against Montreal on Saturday night though. Oh, there's Zach McEwen. All right. You know, nothing like sitting in the press box watching a game. Adam Gaudet had a couple games when he was buzzing around in that first period against Calgary, but for the most part, hasn't been able to do anything. So you move Sutter to this third line, let him play center where it's natural. You get a good effort from your hockey team. You're not going to change it. 
And guess what? Adam Gaudet was on this hockey team last year, not because people expected it. He just forced them to keep him here. But I'm not going down to the minors. I'm too good. And eventually he's brought up going, hey, he's fought himself. He's got him a spot. But I don't think that fight's been there. I don't think the summer off for Adam Gaudet was what he needed to do in the offseason. So now it's okay. Skate as much as you can. You're not on the team. You'll be back in. You could be back in in two days. You could be back in in two weeks. But when you get back in, show us that player you were last year. So I think it's a little reminder to those players that need to be bigger role players than they have been. And I won't be shocked if at some point Jake Fertana watches a game because the way he's playing is just, all right, didn't really do much, Jake. Didn't, didn't hurt us. Didn't help us a lot. So Zach McEwen was the first guy to sit upstairs. Adam Gaudet's the second. He'll get in at some point. When they get in, they've got to be effective because they weren't in the first couple of weeks. Well, Zach McEwen played six and a half minutes last night, and he felt noticeable. Jake Vertanen in nine and a half minutes. And look, I mean, it's not all on Jake, but it's at some point you're kind of waiting for all these, you know, clean sheet of ice, new opportunity. And, you know, Nils Hoaglander played 12 minutes, and, you know, he was noticeable out there. He was flip everywhere. Side, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, and, and, and what a nice play to kind of set up the Pearson goal as well. On the flip side, the Senators, man, licking their wounds. They've lost five straight now after their opening season win, and their head coach, DJ Smith, didn't really pull any punches last night, calling out his team after getting embarrassed at Rogers Arena. No one feels sorry for you. Um, you know, we knew this was a tough division. We know that points are hard to come by. Um, you know, and we got some guys that, um, you know, maybe are taken for granted uh, positions in, in the National Hockey League. And we've got to find the right combination. Um you know, and we've got to give some other guys some opportunity um, to see if they want to play a little harder than some of the guys that are playing now. Yeah, well, okay, so suggesting changes already, and, you know, they're kind of in a similar vein. Now, look, Elliot Friedman made a good point last night on our sister station, uh, Sportsnet 960, the fan in Calgary, where, you know, from a Canucks standpoint and some of their scuffles, think about what the Canucks could have looked forward to in a conventional 82-game season pair. You'd be in the same division as, in all likelihood, a rebuilding Duck squad. Um, you know, mm-hmm. a light, you know, you don't know what you got in San Jose right now. The Kings are in a transitional time. The Coyotes seem to be going that road again. But like, there's four teams that are kind of on the softer side in the National Hockey League, and instead you've thrown it into a division that. You know, I think of the seven teams, I think you could make a legitimate case that at least five, maybe even all six, have Stanley Cup aspirations for this upcoming season, uh, except for the Ottawa Senators. And so, I mean, you talk about a murderer's row of opponents for every night. I mean, this is a tough scenario for a team that has finally got some hope back in the, you know, in the nation's capital. But man, like that's a bad blue line. That's a really bad blue line. You know, the one thing you can control if if you're undermanned as far as talent when you go on the ice, and Ottawa is in every game, you can't argue that, is your effort. Okay, did you work hard, right? Did you work hard? And and maybe it's their first plane trip as they go out east and they travel and, and came all the way across to the West Coast here. But, man, I just expected more. I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Kachuk can do and, and what they have here with the talent. I uh, didn't see a whole bunch of anything after watching, and maybe we were spoiled. And I do think we're going to realize how good Montreal is as the season goes. But, yeah, that looked like a listless Ottawa team. And uh, that's trouble for them if they can't compete hard. So I think if nothing else, I mean, let's be honest, Erica Branson almost logs 20 minutes of ice time for them. We watched Eric Branson in person here. I mean, it's just 
how he's gotten better since he left the Vancouver Canucks. I don't think it's possible, everybody. But there he is as a mainstay on that blue line. But I just thought they would work harder. I thought the Canucks are if nothing else, you're going to have talent, maybe a winner on the power play. But Ottawa didn't work hard, so you know tomorrow they'll be that much better. 4, 4.30 uh, pregame, 5 o'clock start tomorrow, by the way, um, at Rogers as they move everything around. Yeah, they work very good. Like, hey, man, you can't have guys thinking I'm an NHL player and you're not working hard. But make it. I think winning a series and sweeping a series is going to be tough, James. But, boy, all of a sudden you sweep the series, you're a 500 season. We can't get into whoever who's getting fired on the Monday. Next Monday, it'll be, oh, my goodness. Imagine what's going on here if they sweep the Sens and beat Winnipeg on Saturday night. <laughs> Seven days later, this city just completely changes their color towards the Canucks. They're, uh, you know, they were kind of viewed to be plucky. I mean, I certainly thought so, but, you know, that's a, that's a team that cannot afford to not work hard. Now, I was kind of looking forward to seeing Tim Stutzla and see what he could be all about. I'll tell you what, dash four last night in just over 12 minutes. All right, 650-650, the Dunbar Lumber text line. Time to get those submissions in. We've seen them pouring in already this morning. Canucks in a song. What song sums up what you saw on the ice at Rogers Arena last night? I think a lot of you breathing a little bit easier after that 7-1 spanking of the Ottawa Senators last night. Pair, here's where I'm going with my Canucks in a song. You look at where the team was last night and and what they got they got some help right Petey's still scuffling Hughes got his got a goal and I'll tell you what I mean I love you know skate skate backhand to tuck that in like then and that's a, that's a skill goal but you know Quinn Hughes still isn't Quinn Hughes but you look at Brandon Sutter picks up a couple of goals Jay Beagle picks up an assist killer Knight in the faceoff circle Tyler Mott gets a goal Thatcher Demko solid Roussel with an assist. You had a lot of role players who kind of stepped up. That's why I'm going with the Golden Girls theme. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. You know this. Come on. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And you know what, Pear, I would say? And if you threw a party... And fighting everyone you knew. Oh, yeah, like Brandon Sutter. You would yeah. see the biggest gift would be from me. That's where I'm going. Thank you for being a friend because they bailed out the top line. Hey, they did, the, they did it. They needed it. They did it. Um, they got it done. And here's the challenge. And people, if you don't know by now, after every game, we do play Canucks in a song. Uh, Tommy and East fans going, hey, I had one yesterday. Tommy, they played Saturday night. We're not going to carry it over. Just be prepared. And that means the listeners got to work. And, James, that's what I did yesterday. I'm so proud of my Canucks in a song because you have to take the whole picture and, and encompass it and go, what, what did they need here? I like yours. Thank you for being a friend. Sutter steps up. But you know what the Ottawa Senators provided yesterday? Started ballot because this is a classic song by the classic artist, and if you're learning how to play acoustic guitar, you look at the song sheet, you start strumming, and the shelter from a storm, Bob Dylan. That's what the sense provided. I came in from the wilderness, a creature void of form. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. Oh, the winds of change were blowing yesterday morning. And over the weekend, what are we doing? Who are we firing? This team is not a playoff team. No one's good. PD's never going to score. And in come the Ottawa Senators providing shelter 
from the storm. Yeah, no, that's a great track. And uh, also from the Jerry Maguire soundtrack, if I remember correctly, on this one. A few other submissions are starting to pour in here at Sportsnet 650. The Dunbar Lumber text line, as we mentioned, 650-650. Bill going with a Johnny Cash classic, A Ring of Fire. I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher. And it burns, burns, burns. The Ring of Fire, The Ring of Fire. Well, they were certainly in The Ring of Fire going into last night, and I feel like maybe they kind of fanned the floor, yeah, cool, I, I cool things James, down. I think bit. we have to be critical now. I think we have to be like judges on the boys. Mm. Uh, last night wasn't The Ring of Fire. Mm. Like, Saturday night was. Listen, there's a, you, no, it was not The Ring of Fire last night. They were in it. They're out of it, though. I, I think we have to get a little tougher on our submissions now. Uh, how about I, I, I would bug that. Uh, I like I like this one from Snowstar who sent this one in uh, at Sportsnet 650 on Twitter. Uh, a little George Harrison. I love the Richie Havens version, but I'll tell you what, George Harrison, classic, a Beatle. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. Like, you know, kind of the clouds parted, sun came out as the Canucks pick up a much-needed 7-1 victory over the worst team in the All-Canadian Division. Winter days are easier in Vancouver, aren't they? Walked the dog this morning. It seemed a little, you know, I thought it was going to be cold outside, but actually seems kind of fresh. You know, you got another game going tomorrow. You're right. Here comes the sun. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully the clouds don't come over because certainly it's been cloudy to start the first couple of weeks. Sutter said as much. Go and listen. It's just everyone goes into a six-game funk. It happens at some point every season. He goes, for us, it just started out of the gate. So hopefully here does come the sun. But keep them coming in all morning long. Canucks in a song. You wake up, you watched it. What song makes you think of what you witnessed for 60 minutes yesterday at Rogers? 25 minutes after 6 o'clock here on this Tuesday morning. Don't forget, it is Bertuzzi. Todd Bertuzzi will join us in about 35 minutes from now, just after 7 o'clock, and weigh in with his thoughts on what he's seeing from the Vancouver Canucks. And in a moment, chemistry. Not just a subject that I struggled in, it's something that's also impacting the Canucks as well. We'll get to that next, right here on this Tuesday edition of the starting lineup on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. He may not be right, but he says it with confidence anyway. I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Seaball says on Sportsnet 650. Ah, chemistry. It's a subject I struggled with and something that isn't visible but imperative for a team. How many instances have we seen squads loaded with talent absolutely flop? Oftentimes we find out later there was a disconnect or no one got along or that there were simply too many clicks. A part of the reason the market renewed their love affair with the Canucks this past season is that they played as one unit. You'd see goofing around and hugging and mugging within the room and it all made for a team that was easy to root for. But that was then. This is now. The chemistry has been altered. What we've seen this year isn't last year's Canucks, and it's apparent right now. Think of it as hockey's version of growing pains. Right. 
Now, Kevin Bieksa, who you know is Juice, was on this very show yesterday morning and thought that the loss of popular veterans have completely altered the squad. I think Chris Tanev is, is, is different, right? And I think you, you had so much success last year as a team and the years of building and the years of drafting and developing players and the trades and the acquisitions, you bring them all in and they all finally come together last year where they go on a nice little run. And I think naturally everybody's expecting a progression. They're expecting this year to be that much better. This team changed a lot more in the offseason than people think. And it's you can't expect them to come out of the gates the way they finish because they're, they're a different team. Now, BX's observations seem to run along a similar narrative that Captain Bo Horvat recently suggested with the influx of newcomers. Just it takes time, right? I mean, you know, you, you don't want it to take time in such a short season. And like I said, no exhibition games or not a lot of practice time it's just it's going to take some time for the new guys to get used to the systems and the way we play and, and how we play you know they're doing a great job in in, in trying to learn everything in, in such a short amount of time you know we have to pull them along with us and um, sometimes that takes time but we have to figure it out here soon because you know we're uh, we're falling behind and, and we can't be right now now there's truth to that oftentimes no one wants to step on toes when there isn't that familiarity the Canucks picked up a much-needed win over the Senators last night to stop the bleeding, but they're not out of the woods just yet. There's a restlessness surrounding the team. Rumors that ownership won't tolerate a step backwards. Jim Benning's in the mud right now. But Sportsnet Hockey insider Elliot Friedman thinks punting on GMJB isn't the time, but does recognize the chemical imbalance. Losing Markstrom and Tanev has altered them in, on and off the ice. And I think that's a major problem. I, I think that Pedersen is really struggling. That is a major problem. I think if they completely flop out and miss it, yes, the GM could be in trouble. Now, one suggested reason for Petey's struggles is the loss of Markstrom as his veteran sounding board. Scuffling for the first time in his career, he doesn't have that reassuring voice from his homeland in Sweden. Again, it comes back to chemistry. Adversity sometimes brings a group together quicker. Now it remains to be seen if they can get out of it. If they can, the Canucks will be a stronger team for it. And if they fail, I don't think there's anything rash cutting bait on a GM after seven years with one of the most critical off-seasons looming for the Canucks in recent history. And that's this morning's Seaball Says. It makes it makes perfect sense that Jim Benning's job is on the line. I just don't think it's on the line to be changed in the first month of the season. Mm. And it's funny, you know, listening to Reach Deep yesterday as I was in the car and they took some callers and someone called in and said, you know, here's what I think we need because this team was being completely overhauled yesterday before they dropped the puck. Because I honestly think a guy like Kevin BX will help. Like, really? Like, honestly, you're making that call? And, and I think people fall in love with what they had. Bieksa makes no bones. Hey, he's a big friend of Chris Tanev, and he loves what Chris Tanev brings into a dressing room. And I do think from the outside, we don't understand what disappeared in that. But when you move something, you're moving it to put something else new in. You know, Leo Levy scores his first goal yesterday. Well, okay, that's great. And maybe he's going to be a contributor. Hoaglander with another good game. That's great. And maybe they're going to be a contributor on the ice. Who knows when they become contributors in the dressing room. But maybe eventually Nate Schmidt, who likes to talk, will 
go, hey, I'm going to talk a little bit more. And they're going to go, hey, this is great because he had a good hockey game. He was better last night. I just think you can't get caught up in all the changes and kind of romanticize, oh, if they had him, it would be different. Well, they had him for a while and they never got to the promised land. So you have to make those changes. It's tough to give a team time, James, but I think you need to take time to see if you got it right. To your point, it's chemistry, but it doesn't happen overnight. You may have struggled in that course. I excelled at chemistry in high school, and I understand the process. It's going to take a while. It's just a question of how guys kind of work through this, right? Because it's an uncomfortable time. And look, does last night still, does it mask a few problems? Yeah, a little bit, right? Winning cures a lot. But I think it's still, they, they still gave up 36 shots last night to the Ottawa Senators pair, right? I mean, that's still and 36 shots. Too. Like, Yeah, and, and there were some chances. And, you know, your top line is clearly not clicking just yet, right? I mean, Elias Pettersson, pointless again, you know, still scuffling. At times it looks like, man, it, it, does he even trust a shot right now? Had an opportunity in that first period on a power play, clean look, and opted to, you know, wait, move on, right? Opted to pass instead, and it was kind of like, wow, Petey, just not feeling it right now, right? He's working through it. But it's that chemistry where when you're going through times like this, I think when guys are comfortable with each other, you can kind of go to a place and have those honest conversations. I think when you've got so many newcomers pair, I think sometimes when you've got a group of young guys, it's one thing to be the leader, but, you know, Bo was in his first year as captain last year, right? Guys will look to Petey. Guys will look to Hughes. And I think it's a tough spot for those guys to have those conversations when, you know, Horvat's alluded to it, BX has alluded to it, Friedman's alluded to it, you know, we've alluded to it, where you've got these new guys here that are kind of scuffling. And it's like, you know, who's that person having that conversation to say step up? You know, JT Miller last night. How many times was that guy cussing on the ice for all to hear, right? <laughs> Anybody who was in that arena basically, you know, was blushing with the language that JT Miller was screaming, right? So there's a guy who's frustrated right now, but there's a guy who's also a core leader for this team. Well, and I, I think JT Miller shows, you said, you know, how do you get through it? I think individually you have different ways. Uh, JT Miller showed all of us how he's trying to get through this. He was, you know, constantly swearing at himself unhappy with how he played. Uh, I found it interesting because how often are you in a hockey game where the last 15 minutes really don't mean anything, but there's that opportunity in the third period where Pedersen came into the slot and just let it fly. No hesitation. Let the shot go. Wasn't his greatest shot kind of right at Matt Murray, but he let the shot go. There was a time in the third period where they lost possession of the puck and JT Miller buried his head. And I, I, I watched it and he was going really hard, almost too hard. And I thought, you know what? He's trying to skate himself into better shape right now. It's a third period where they're doing some things. Go, how do we fix this? Because, you know, when you're in third periods and you're chasing the game as they have been for the most part, you can't do that. When you got three or four goals to play with, you can work on the things that, okay, it's it's not working for me right now. You remember Hoaglander made that mistake early on in the season, and there's Pedersen kind of talking to him like, don't worry about it. You're going to make those mistakes. It turned into a goal. It'll happen. I don't think Petey can have that conversation right now with him because, to be honest with you, Hoaglander's playing better hockey than Pedersen is. So it's Pedersen going, hey, I'd love to talk to you right now, but I got I got to help myself right now. I got my own self-talk I have to realize. And they'll get there because it's hard work that will get them through it. But, yeah, I don't think if the team's not playing well, I don't think the chemistry in the room is well because 
you have to feel good about yourself right now. And I don't know how many guys, maybe with the exception of Sutter after last night, are really feeling good about their game, James. Like, who do you think is really feeling good about how they've played in the first two weeks for the Vancouver Canucks? I don't know if there's any individual that can put up their hand. Completely to say, hey, I've been there each and every night. No, I think even as much as we like Tyler Mott's game, I think the first three, four games were kind of, you know, the, the, the minor penalties that resulted into goals in the back of their net, right, while he was in the sin bin. Uh, I think that's fair. Ricky texting in on the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. Here's an interesting suggestion here. He said, what's to be said about the success leading to media pressure? This happened to Brock after the All-Star game. He went cold. Hughes, finalist for the Calder, he goes cold. Petey has a huge season, becomes the rock star. The Canucks goes cold. Are these guys having trouble with all the attention at a young age? I think it has to. You know, in fairness to, to Besser, I mean, he sustained a pretty nasty injury on his back that I think was more significant than I initially realized and I think a lot of people in this market realized um, that he went through that kind of cooled his jets. You know, I think Hughes kind of carried over that momentum um, into the playoffs last year that we saw on Pedersen after a, a strong rookie campaign, carried it up with a solid sophomore season as well. But the expectations have changed, right? And, you know, I think that there's there's a lot to what we've just been talking about to have those sounding boards, to kind of have those veteran guys, Markstrom and Tanev, guys who've been around for a while, you know what I mean? Guys who would, who would establish their voices and were productive on the ice to kind of be able to, to help provide that leadership. They didn't necessarily need to have the, le- the, the letter on their jersey pair, but they were able to kind of speak up and, and guys would listen, right? Those voices aren't there. And it's kind of like the time is now for Pedersen and Hughes and Horvat and all these guys to kind of, it's their team now. But it, it's also a little reluctant for the expectations grow. And when you're scuffling, you know, who's that voice now, right? You can look to Brandon Sutter and you can look to Jay Beagle, but are those the guys that can really be the outspoken guys in that room now when, you know, their voices, I think their voices can only be so loud at times. Expectations are everything. It's a lot easier being the Ottawa Senators right now than it is being any other team in Canada. You're not expected For to sure. do anything. Mm-hmm. So go out and just play. You know, last year, Travis Green to Quinn Hughes, just go play. What did you tell him at the start of the year, coach? Just go play. We'll be okay. He could go play because he had Chris Tanev. Well, you can't tell Quinn Hughes, just go play now. Hey, don't make any mistakes in your own end, too. We're going we're gonna to have you on ice a lot more. Make smarter decisions. Well, I didn't hear that last year. You just told me to play. Well, no, now we don't have what we had last year, so make sure you make the right decisions. Expectations are different. Jim Benning, he's got to go. Well, hang on here. We just have to talk about meaningful games in March. No, we don't. Now we got to talk about the playoffs. In fact, we're telling you your window is now open. So get it right, Jim Benning. Hey, Travis Green, there's no contract extension. Well, Well, yeah, it's been nice to rebuild the team but we need more. Okay. Expectations are more, right? It's on everybody right now. Bo, that's great. You're a captain for year number two. Do more. And by the way, you were great in the playoff bubble. Bring that over to the regular season. We knew more from you. Expectations change everything in life, in jobs, in sports. uh, And it's how you handle it, right? That's the biggest thing. Uh, real quick, they want to hit a couple of more submissions here for Canucks in a song here, Pear. Uh, how about this one? Uh, Michael, uh, after last night's 7-1 win, going with a little Bee Gees, staying alive. Oh, 
great documentary, by the way, on HBO and Crave, if you haven't seen it yet. I've heard I highly that, recommend yeah. it. Uh, hey, and, I, and you know what, Pear? I will say this. Uh, Justin Morissette also threw this one in, and I feel like as a guy who was born in the prairies, you'll fully appreciate this because when I mentioned this one to Brenda this morning, as somebody from Williams Lake, she absolutely loved it. It's a little Garth. It's a little Baton Rouge. Operator, won't you put me on through? I gotta send my love down to Baton Rouge. Hurry up. She just kind of made the point that this is a song that just makes you feel good. Well, I'm trying to figure out what that had to do with, like, am I missing? Do I have to look at the lyrics? I love it. What's that got to do with the game? How did that, just because it made you feel good? Sutter's goal song. Oh, there you are. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. There you go. I had a two-step and more. That's good. I think Canucks in a song that challenges with so many games and the same opponent. It, it's like when you're, you're doing an NFL pool. You're doing the loser pool. Okay, you can pick a team to lose, but you can't pick them again. Now you hear the Bee Gees. That's why I was pleased with my Canucks in the song. But keep it coming, Canucks in the song, as always. Hey, no BS, just PS. 21-year deal worth how much? You won't believe the numbers that the greatest of all time signed when he was 18 years old. James will give you that all ahead. 645 on the official home of the Vancouver Canucks and Sports at 650. He always tries to be ahead of the game. Harry was in front. Finding stories that matter, sort of. We call BS. You want answers. I want the truth. It's not BS, just PS with Perry Solkowski. little PS for you this morning. Uh, most people remember their 18th birthday. On this, his 60th, Wayne Gretzky would remember at 18. He was at center ice at Edmonton, birthday cake. Signing a contract with the Oilers for 21 years. And they went on the road after, and they played in Detroit, where the 18-year-old Gretzky talked about the contract. You signed a 21-year contract with the Edmonton Oilers to show you what they think of you. Now, obviously, unless you're Gordie Howe, you're not going to play another 18 years. Well, that would uh, 21 years, which would take you to 39. <laughs> well, uh, Gordie's an amazing man, as uh, everybody knows in Detroit. He's played here many years, but uh, you play each year one by one, and. Uh, if I get 21 years in, I'll be I'll be very pleased. But uh, if something happens where I can't play 21 years and uh, I don't feel I'm doing a job, I'll, I'll retire. And then, of course, you'll stay with Edmonton in some capacity, maybe the front <laughs> office, right? right? Well, I'm not looking that far ahead. I'm just uh, trying to get by year by year. Wasn't that far off, Seaball? Play 20, still with the Oilers. You know the numbers? That's amazing. That 21-year deal, you know what the value of it was? A reported $5 million. 21 years, $5 million. Gretzky had signed a seven-year contract reported $1.75 million. Which was, great still an ins- which was still an insane amount of money 40 years ago for a hockey player, right? Well, and, and the, no one had ever seen but, a contract that long, right? Yeah. Lifetime contract, and you thought, this is the greatest ever. Who would have thought sports would go that way? But Gretz got his 20 years in, not 21. And, and you know what? He had more. He wanted to play 21. He could. You look at his numbers in his final year. He was still a contributor to the New York Rangers. Um, P.S. It was also a year ago today. A moment, the news uh, that nobody will forget. We talked about business. We talked about family. We talked about everything. And he was just trying to be a better person. Now he's got me 
I'll have to look at another crime meme for the next. <laughs> One of the great moments that Kobe Bryant passed in that plane crash, helicopter crash with others a year ago today. Over 400 murals of Kobe and his daughter, Gianna, in over 30 countries in the world after that. Uh, it's one of those, James, you always will remember where were you when, right? That Sunday morning. Yeah, you see you see the news that kind of popped up on my smartphone that particular morning, and you're like, what, really? No. But it's crazy to think that on a day that we welcomed into the world the greatest hockey player, one of the greatest athletes ever, we also said goodbye in a shocking fashion and a sad fashion to one of the great basketball players of all time. P.S. Uh, it's the best golf party of the year. You can bet on it. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. <laughs> That's Tigers holding one at the Waste Tech Management Open before it was even crazier with the grandstands. When they play in a couple weeks, NBC's Peacock Premium, they will broadcast the event with betting opportunities on it. They're going to have full shows. They'll be golfing. You can bet on everything. It's the way sports is going. NBC Sports and Golf are going to be ahead with it with a points bet. It's going to combine the network's first-ever focused broadcast on what's going on with golf and the betting. What a better place to do it than the biggest party on the PGA Tour. The wasted management. Oh, tell you. Been there a few times on the 16th hole and had some fun. They give you a bracelet. I said to the guy, he gives me a bracelet. He goes, well, these are for the drinks. We have to punch it out. I go, well, how many drinks? He goes, 10. But trust me, we won't punch it out. Just go all day. (laughs) It's encouraged. And finally, James, for you, how about this for some memorabilia? Today, I consider myself myself the luckiest luckiest man man on the face of the the earth. That's the incredible speech of Lou Gehrig. Gehrig, uh, he made it in 1938, his last season. He gave a bat to one of his teammates and one of his coaches. And they have looked at it. Earl Combs' family has kept it to this long. They've now decided to put it up for auction. They figure Gehrig used it for the 1939 season. They're estimating it's been graded, James. You've taught me that. They graded it at 10. They're estimating it'll fetch over $1 million when it goes to auction. Oof. You know, who knew, you know, COVID-19, it's impacted so many small businesses, so many companies, so many people's livelihoods, so many industries, except for real estate and hobby collecting. <laughs> Unbelievable. And that, my friend, is no BS. Five minutes to 7 o'clock. Canucks coming off a uh, big win last night over the Ottawa Senators. James Sabalski, Perry Solkowski kicking it with you. And Todd Bertuzzi joins the discussion on this Bertuzzi edition of the starting lineup here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Let's get it going. It's time to get up. Now here's Brandon Sutter breaking up a play from Stutzla. He's got a chance left wing to the net. Sutter deeks to the forehead. He scores. I need a hat. A tip of the cap to Brandon Sutter. He's got his first hat trick in the NHL. These guys are here to break it all down. I was happy with the game, happy with the win. Thought our team played well tonight. You know, I thought we built on what we talked about last game and and came out and responded with a good game tonight. Let's have a little fun and make you a winner. Everyone's got to freaking relax a little bit. Relax. This is the starting lineup 
with James Sobolski and Perry Solkowski. 7 o'clock. How you doing, everybody? Hour number two on the starting line up here on this Tuesday morning. Canucks uh, making everybody breathe a little bit easier after a 7-1 thrashing of the Senators at Rogers Arena last night. James Sobolski, Perry Solkowski, Todd Bertuzzi is going to join us in just a couple of minutes. And Pair, I mean, uh, you know, obviously Brandon Sutter, his first career hat trick, kind of the real story last night. But how about Ole Olevi? 55 months after being taken fifth overall by the Vancouver Canucks in the 2016 draft, Ole Olevi finally has his first NHL goal. Oh, James, the number of times we would sit together and you would just say, Ole Olevi, no, it's a bust. He's no good. He's done. I'm going, well, He's been hurt. I mean, yeah, it's not what you would expected, but maybe we can't just write him off. Blocks the Shea Weber shot, hits the goal post on Saturday. You're going, mm-hmm. that's not bad. That's a badge of honor. And then yesterday, hey, gets a goal. I'm not saying Ole Olevi is going to be a top four defenseman with this team, but Ole Olevi through all this mess is getting some minutes and earning some confidence of his teammates and his coach. Here's Travis Green last night on what he uh, he's seeing from the young Canucks defenseman. Well, I mean, I don't I don't think we're looking at Ole to be uh, this offensive defenseman. We we just need him to be a real solid defenseman that gets the puck up quick, plays heavy in his own zone. Um, again, he's a young guy that's going to make some mistakes now and then. We've been working with him a lot, showing him video, and he's going to get accustomed to the league. But to see a young guy get rewarded uh, with a goal like that, it's always always puts a smile on everyone's face their teammates or coaches and you're happy for a guy it's always a big moment in your career if he plays more than half the games james i mean that's a win right if if he's a part of this and right now jordy ben coming back is 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 a big help right now but you know i i don't think you know ole olevi is he can get more time in when hammond comes back i don't think it's ole olevi who's moving i think they're they're happy because he's got to be a little part of their future right doesn't have to be a big four guy uh, yeah i don't think they need to be there yeah, I don't think you can call playing half a season a win. Like, I think Ole Olevi needs to show that he's an everyday NHLer for that to be a win for the Vancouver Canucks, right? You you spend, you invest that much when you take a fifth overall selection. You expect those guys to be a an impact player. Like, just think, put it this way. Imagine where the Canucks are if they don't get Pedersen in the spot they do, right? If he's not the impact player, where's this franchise right now? Right. I mean, like they're talking about firing Jim Benning this week and and all the talk around this team because of the struggles for Elias Pettersson. Like a fifth overall pick should be way more of an impact player than what he's proven to be in almost five full years. It's a nice story. Like, man, that guy's been through a lot. He's had some injuries, but this isn't all based on injuries. Why he it's taken him 55 months. Right. Like there were some steps backwards that he was playing with the London Knights, playing with one of the hockey junior hockey best factories there are. Right, And then he wound up, it was like, okay, you know what? I think right now the better development for him is to go back to Finland. Like It was almost like it seemed that he was taking steps backwards as a player before he took a couple of strides forward. He's here in the mm-hmm. NHL. It's a nice story pair, but I think that he's got to show that he is an everyday NHLer beyond just playing 13 minutes a night. Well, no, and, and he's got to work into that, right? And to work into it when a team's struggling like they have, one puts even more heat on him. Sits on the pine. I, I think he won't be in the lineup all the time. I think sometimes young guys are going to have to take a break and look and watch the game from above. But he was written off by so many people. If he can be a regular in the lineup, that's a win, right? You, you want it to be that success story that you've had with Besser, 
that you've had with Petey that you're having with Quinn Hughes. But as long as he's there and he's part of it, he still can be not the win you expected on draft day, but he's a part of this team and can be there for a long time. You'll take that in a heartbeat. A lot of people think thought he was done, wouldn't be on this team. I think he might be here for a long run. Let's get Todd Bertuzzi into the fold on this Bertuzzi edition of the starting lineup. Big man, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm all right. I'm all right. You've been working hard with your outdoor rink. Nicely done. Um, when, when well, you we're, look- we're having a snowstorm like you couldn't believe right now. It's absolutely uh, coming down in droves right now. So I'm going to be spending the next five hours probably putting things together. But uh, I'm glad everything's very good in Canuckland right now with the uh, 7-1 victory. I don't know if they're good. Well, hey, but guys, I wanted hey, to know hey, this. Hey, no, 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 no. Hey, be positive with this because you know what? We got scoring and points from guys from uh, role players, which is huge. You need those guys to step up, especially in this season. And I thought uh, uh, seeing the, the top end guys, who are usually the point guys, getting no points except for uh, I think two or three of them, and you're getting a lot of the role play, uh, the role players uh, chipping in there. I think that's uh, that's a good thing. Well, what what does that do? I mean, I'm sure there were nights you you guys were expected to roll all the time as the West Coast Express. Was it? What does it do for you if you're in a slump? You're still fighting it all game long. That all you're doing is sitting on the bench and going, "Man, another one. That's unbelievable, guys. We've got six. Does it ease the pressure? Does it allow you to use that third period because you got a four goal bulge to to work on some things in an actual game? What is it like for the star players? who struggled again last night, but all they did was throw it their hands because there was more flybys because they scored seven. Well, um, with our line, in all honesty, for three years, we really didn't have a night off or a game off. I think we produced every single uh, time we were out there. and That's a very uncommon uh, pace to go at for three years, and that's a credit to Marcus and Mo. Uh, uh, for being ready and prepared each and every night. Um, it, 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 it's, it's, I don't know. It's, 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 it's just one of those situations that you, you got to be happy for other people too. It's, it's nice to see other guys chip in and do all that kind of stuff. But when it came to our line, our line wanted to make sure that we were the center of attention. We're the main focus. And even in seven, one games, we weren't going to let off the pedal. We were coming at you hard and uh, trying to fill the net. So I couldn't, tell you on that as I got older and and played on different lines like uh, in Detroit and all that there was times where I went in long stretches but I wasn't as as good as I was when I was younger but uh, it's uh, it's one of those things that you just you leave the game you're happy you won 7-1 but you're happy for the other guys who contributed it's 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 a good point to have those guys contributing because I'll tell you right now when it comes to playoffs and hockey and all that uh, there's a need for a lot of those guys in order to step up and contribute in order to go far in the playoffs. You know, I can think of times uh, standing around your locker room stall after a game and you could just kind of see your body language where you basically wanted to just tell us all to put it where the sun don't shine. And you know what this market can be like when, you know, you feel the heat. Um, as a player, could could you could you feel that? Um could you feel the temperature with the crush of media, with the fans? Like, you could just feel that. Like, obviously, it's different with no fans in the stand right now, but what's this market like as a player when you know that the sky's falling? Well, like, for instance, if we won 7-1 and we didn't get a point, 
which I already reiterate usually didn't happen. But if, if we didn't for some reason, uh, if anyone came over us and said, hey, what was your problem today? That, that would be a very heated, uh, quick exchange. As far as go talk to the other guys, they're the ones who carried the team today. We didn't have the greatest night, and that's okay. We still won. The most important thing is winning, and we got contributions from a lot of them. So go interview them. It's their time to shine and have the spotlight on. That's how uh, I think, well, that's how I handled the situation. Obviously, Nazi handled a little bit more uh, professional than I did at times, but uh, uh, that that's, would have been uh, my message. But at the end of the day, you would have left going, man, we needed to be better. Thank goodness we got the win, but we need to be better. Is that what Pedersen and, and, and Miller and, and Brock are thinking? Guys, we had 60 minutes yeah, there, man. That defense wasn't good, and we didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You just you, you get together as a unit and say, hey, boys, we got we got away with one here. Um, we got to pick up our things. But the message I would have delivered to my line – going into the third period and say, hey, there's no pressure on us right now. Let's go out and have a little bit of fun. Let's globetrot. Let's make some plays that we hadn't made in the first two periods. We have ourselves a big enough cushion, and maybe one of these nice plays or a backdoor tap-in or something might have kick-started uh, something that we might have needed going into the next game. So I, we would have used the third period as, uh, uh, as a way to ignite ourselves by being a little bit more creative because we had a little bit more leash on it because the game was out of control. So we would try a little bit more things, maybe a, a, uh, uh, like, a, like a bomb pass for a breakaway or something or uh, even favoring more of the offensive side just to get a chance, just to kickstart our lineup because the more our line produces, the better chances we have to win. So that would have been our message to each other in the third period is, hey, listen, let's relax, take the handcuffs off our hands. Let's go out. Let's have a little bit more fun and all that. And you never know. Maybe you just one of these little tap tap plays that goes in and kickstarts you for uh, a hot stretch for about two or three weeks. We've talked uh, to Bertuzzi here on Sportsnet 650. The conversation about team chemistry has been kind of in the focus the last 24 hours. We talked to Kevin Bieksa yesterday. You know, he kind of made the point that you know losing Jacob Markstrom and Chris Tan of you know, not just what they do on the ice, but it's the impact that they had as those veteran voices in the room uh, and the impact they had on the likes of a, a Hughes and a Pedersen. You know, how does that impact a team dynamic where, you know, it, it's the kids' time now, right? I think the voices, the, the lead dogs are Pedersen and Hughes and Horvat. And, and when you see Hughes and, and Pedersen struggling the way they are, you know, who becomes that voice or does that create that sort of tough scenario as to, you know, who's, you know, who's running the asylum, so to speak? D does that make sense? The veteran presence cannot be <clears throat> overlooked. Uh, it, it, it's extremely important with a young team in order, in order to have those uh, guys who've been through uh, the wars, who've, who've played a lot, who've contributed a lot and, to be honest, who's, who's carried themselves with tremendous uh, respect and pride, who, who looks a little bit taller than everyone else because they've been around for a little bit. And those are the guys that, uh, when push comes to shove, you need in that locker room uh, desperately because, uh, unfortunately, with youth, youth, youth doesn't uh, – I don't know if they don't take it to heart as much, but it's harder for a veteran to lose and go through these things, I always found. 
because we're in the middle or to the end of our careers, and, and this is not the way we want to go out. And you try to put a stop to all that a little bit quicker. The younger kids have a tendency to have a, a short-term memory on a lot of these things, which is, which is good for them because uh, maybe it'll get them out of a slump a little bit quicker and all that. But the veterans and all that, it, it, um, we always took a great pride in, in how we played and how we tried to entertain our fans and, and our win-loss poems and all that. So I think uh, the value in having veteran presence in the locker room is uh, irreplaceable. Um, and with Vancouver not being that old of a team, it's 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 guys like Bo Horvat, um, guys who have been around for a little bit longer, uh, albeit they're still four, five, six years in the league, are going to have to step up to the plate. And I, I know Bo has with his performance. Bo's been very consistent. He's showed up each and every night. He, he works like a dog. And uh, these are the times where it, it might be a, I'm going to have a meeting with the guys and all that kind of stuff where he just, he lets everyone know, everyone know that, Hey, I'm the lead dog. This is how we have to play. And this is how we have to fall in line. So uh, uh, when you don't have old, old guys, like four five, six of them in the locker room, there's going to be up a guy who's played five or six years. It's going to, going to have to step up. And I believe Bo has that moxie and that character. And to be honest, he, his performance on the ice allows him to come in there being a little bit taller, a little bit louder with everyone else and put people in line. You can only put people in line when you play hard each and every night and you're performing. So I, I believe those at that point right now that he can go do that. So Bert, with that being the case, and we're just embarking on week number three and it's tough to get a handle. I'd love your opinion is, is how long will it take with no exhibition games to, to see the real people. But with that being the case where they haven't had success, would that mean that a that a guy like Nate Schmidt and you know and Travis Hammock's not in the lineup, but he's been hurt? But you don't get to see their personality right now because what they've been doing on the ice hasn't been good. So as we try and find this chemistry, we still don't understand all the elements and personalities that you see in the grind of an NHL season because of how they've played. Well, it, it's hard. Remember, this group hasn't been together, right? that long, like a, like a lot of them, maybe two or three years, but you got, you got new faces that came in with, with, with what happens through under-circuit free agency, losing a handful of key uh, veteran guys to your lineup. So it takes a little bit of time. And then every, obviously uh, no one has patience. You can't have patience. It's 58 games and it's a sprint to the finish. If it was 82 games, you could have a little bit more patience. Uh, and, and also they would have had a little bit more time to build chemistry with through training camp, playing four or five exhibition games. This is a shotgun start, and uh, any loss is magnified, especially in those markets uh, like Vancouver, Toronto, basically everywhere in Canada, that uh, losses become like humongous defeats. And one loss in Canada feels like three losses. Uh, to a Canadian team compared to American team in, in a lot of the markets. Like I've played in Florida, you lose two or three, nothing's even spoken about. It's not even talking about you lose two or three in Canada. It's lost, like you lost eight. Well, there's a humongous amount of pressure that comes with it. Um, it it's very tough and hard because uh, we should be sitting back and just excited that these tremendous athletes are out there performing and, and, and playing hockey to entertain us and to watch. It's, it, it's hard that we have to sit back and, but this is your this is your show. This is the reality of the sport, and it's hard that 
there's so much negativity that has to be discussed and talked about. And it's really hard to actually come on the show and, and discuss negativity and all that. You try to be positive, find positive things out of all of it. And, uh, but there's just so much darn pressure on these guys right now. And there's a lot of pressure on these kids in, uh, in, in Vancouver. It's, uh, it's an unbelievable market to play in, a great fan base when you're winning. And when you're not winning and things are going well, it, uh, it, it magnifies everything by 10. Uh, it's uh, Wayne Gretzky's 60th birthday today. And, man, I, I don't know about you, but I feel old. You, you obviously have a relationship with 99. Uh, is, there a, is there a good 99 story that you can share with us? I got, no, I got, you, you know what? It's just, no, not, nothing like that. Come on! Um, Wayne Gretzky! No, I, 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 buddy, what, what, what could you possibly say about the greatest hockey player ever? Other than all I know is that whenever I played against him, I was so in awe I could barely perform for that game because I looked up to him so much. He just has an orb on him. It's like when he was skating, he was out on the ice. He had a light glow around him when the rest of us were just staring at him. And uh, albeit I caught him when he was with St. Louis and with the Rangers and all that. It would have been pretty spectacular to see. Oh, and a little bit in, uh, near the end of L.A. But it would have been pretty cool uh, to see the Wayne Gretzky of Edmonton. But I was fortunate I got to watch it. He's just, he's just a class guy. No drinking classy, classy, classy story. Guy. Did, did you call him Gretzky or Wayne? Were you intimidated? Did he did he say hi, Todd? First, what's the first encounter? No, I would say no. It, it, it was. I think I'm, I. I honestly think Mr. Gretzky, and then it was Wayne after that. But I, I don't know him exactly like you think. I know him. I, I know him that he was friends with a friend of mine, Brad Jansen, and uh, got to see him a couple times or whatever. And then obviously with the Olympics and all that, and then. I just had uber respect. I, I actually got to have a very, very good time at the Olympics uh, with him and his wife, with uh, a group of us. We went out for dinner and had some drinks and got to dance and have some fun and all that. So he's a guy who can let loose when he's around people he trusts and comfortable and all that, and he's just a fantastic guy. And happy 60th to Wayne Gretzky, 60. Wow. Yeah. We're getting old. You know it, man. Would you uh, rather play a round of golf with him or DJ? So I'd play around with uh, Wayne. I think playing with DJ and him being a PGA Tour, I think your nerves would be a little bit because that's not your uh, comfort zone. At least with Wayne, we can crush some pints and be on the same golf level. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, buddy. All right, you guys get get, get, get plowing, uh, get plowing that outdoor rink out there in that snowstorm. Come on. I'm I'm going right now. You guys be safe, and uh, I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Sounds good, but Later, there he is, uh, Todd Bertuzzi weighing in uh, with his weekly thoughts here on Sportsnet 650 and uh, speaks firsthand about how this market could certainly be at the best of times. And uh, speaking of which, let's go down the hall and check in with uh, somebody who's always at their best all the time, Sonia Aslam. Here's 1130. <laughs> what's going on? You know, I, I got to say, I, I got to say, I want to just jump right into this. Yeah, This story about... The CEO of the Great Canadian, uh, Great Gaming Casino. Um, great, yeah. And, and, like, the first thing I look, I look at this picture, and I'm like, oh, it's a nice picture of him and his daughter. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait. It's his wife. It's his wife. There's just a slight age gap. That's fine. Age well, is just half a your number. Age, Come on, What guys. is it? Half your age plus seven, right? So he's 55. She's 32. Do the math here quickly. Yeah, I think yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I guess, he's, I guess you know <laughs> that there's this unwritten half your age plus seven. Like that's just bizarre. 
You don't know that rule? You've never heard that? No? Yeah, you ever heard no, that? No, no. No, Aslam, help me out here. It's a rule. It's a thing, but you know, I think there's more to this story than just their age. Yeah. So he's yeah. So he's uh, so okay. By the way, thirty-four and a half. So she's actually under. She's below the cut line on this. So he's actually breaking the rules. Um, give, so give us the story for for people for people who don't know the story. Share share this this wonderful tale. Sure. Is that what we're calling it? So this is the now former CEO of Great Canadian Gaming who stepped down yesterday. He and his uh, wife took a chartered private plane to Yukon to a small First Nations community, got the COVID-19 vaccine. So they jumped the queue and then they flew back here and they got busted. So they were not only fined, but their their so-called alibi was that they were working at a local hotel and they had to be there. They lied. They just lied. They flat out lied. Uh, and they got busted because someone noticed them getting the the shot and then getting on a plane and leaving. And you're like, wait a minute, what? And if that person hadn't done that, we would have never known about this. So if you see something, say something. <laughs> so he steps down from a job that paid him $10 million last year, I saw. He Oof. makes millions um, every year. Yeah, well, you run a casino. It's easy. Yeah, yeah, you're you're making some money. Yeah, mm-hmm. broke fifty uh, broke fifty five year olds aren't hooking up with thirty two year olds, right? Like I am not. He made he made thirty two thousand dollars last year. Oh, look well, at you're, you're also downplaying that she's an actress too. I mean, she apparently was in the movie called Chick Fight, which I don't know. I, I don't know if they won the Academy Award or not. Just because Crazy you thing have is- an IMDb page does not make you an actress. Okay. <laughs> Hey, I've got one, and I'm an actor. I've got one, and I'm an actor. Thing is, how are they getting that second? How are they getting the second shot? So I they just, went for, uh, for their shot, and the, but the thing is, is is you went to a remote, uh, vulnerable community that only has so many doses for local people, and you just jumped the queue. You just walked in. You were able to get it. They had yeah. one one had a BC care card, one had an Ontario care card. Um, and you just, you did it. You went out of your way to break all the rules and you broke several and you almost got away with it. And now it's cost you your job. Did they find him at that nightclub party condo? Oh man, that, this story is (laughs) one of my favorites. So there's a guy downtown. He has a condo on Richard street and he's been hosting, I guess, a makeshift nightclub. There's, you know, there's a, a doorman, a type of bouncer. He's, he's got money. And they, he's been ticketed four times this month alone. So on Saturday night, some woman called, I was going to say the fuzz. She called the VPD and said, hey, I've been invited to a big party. And so the cops went and they shut it down because there was about 100 people uh, in this pseudo nightclub. I don't even know how to describe it. And the poster for it, if you guys have my Twitter up, the poster is, you know, there's this horrible clip art of a senior citizen, a woman with a cat on a stripping pole, on a strip pole. And, you know, there's live DJs and exotic dancers and music. It's party starts at nine, goes until whenever. It's by invite only, you know, and it was deemed an anti-Bonnie party. It was an anti-mask, <laughs> anti-Bonnie party. And you're like, Wow. Wow. Did, hey, did I, I I don't know if I've told you guys this story but I um a friend of mine uh runs a retail store in uh South Surrey and mm-hmm. Mark Donnelly the former anthem singer oh um walked in to the store where you know there's signs displayed right on the window saying hey you wear a mask and Donnelly walks in and you know a friend of mine says, sir, can you please put on your mask? And he says, I have a condition. 
To which, to which it was quickly called out by, uh, you know, said friend that we know who you are. We know you don't have an issue. You were singing an anthem at an anti-mask rally just weeks ago. Please put a mask on. He said, well, you can't tell me to leave. You can't. He said, it says wear a mask or leave. To which Donnelly eventually left the store. But. Oh, my God. Still well, at it. And that was kind Still of the frustration, it. Sonia, wasn't it, quickly with Dr. Uh, Henry yesterday? Yes. Yeah, so like, man. Yeah, so the fact that numbers have sort of plateaued at about 500 a day, that's still way too high. And she's saying to people that the next two weeks are critical. We have a severe, severe vaccine shortage in this province. We're not expected to get consistent shipments until mid-February, if not later. And so she's asking people to really double down on their efforts. And there's a lot of pissed off people saying, what else can I do? I don't get it. I'm following all the rules. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. I'm making tons of sacrifices. But then you have people like condo nightclub guy who just break the rules. And you're like, and so how is this ever going to work? Like, how, how are we ever supposed to get to a point where this is better if people just break the rules and other people sacrifice and go out of their way? It's a really weird balance right now. People shaming. This is good. I mean, when you're, for, when you're acting like an idiot anyway. but Yeah, if you are, then you deserve to be called out. I have no problem with that. Thanks, Haslam. Thanks, boys. You rock. Thanks, there Sonia. She is. Uh, Sonia Haslam from News 1130, uh, just down the hall with uh, <laughs> some wonderful stories to share with you on this Tuesday morning. Yeah. All right, uh, 28 minutes after 7 o'clock. Uh, Canucks big winners last night. Get those submissions in. Canucks and a song, 650, 650, the Dunbar Lumber text line. There's been a bunch pouring in. We'll hit the music later on this hour. And in a moment, uh, the president of the Vancouver Canadians, Andy Dunn, with a great initiative to tell you about and what things look like for this upcoming season. We'll get to all of it next, right? here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Now here's Brandon Sutter breaking up a play from Stutzla. He's got a chance left wing to the net. Sutter deeks to the forehand. He scores! I need a hat. A tip of the cap to Brandon Sutter. He's got his first hat trick in the NHL. This is the starting lineup with James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650. 7.34, yeah, back in the saddle, the Canucks, courtesy of a hat-trick, the first of his NHL career, Brandon Sutter, spanking the Ottawa Senators 7-1. They'll go back at it tomorrow evening, uh, 5 o'clock puck drop tomorrow night, and then uh, again on a back-to-back on uh, Thursday as well, the uh, final game of the three-game miniseries between the Canucks and the Senators. James Sabalski, Perry Solkowski kicking it with you until 9 o'clock. Uh, your Canucks commute coming up with Dan Murphy uh, your way at 8. Get those submissions in, 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text line. Canucks in a song. We'll hit the music in just a short bit, but... Um, you know, we, we continue to wait and see what the landscape looks, not just as, as so many of the pro franchises get back underway pair, but you look at the minor league effect of teams, you know, around leagues, not just around North America, but all around the world for that matter. Um, you know, we've got word yesterday what, what the Utica Comets uh, roster is going to look like. Reports this morning that Calgary is actually going to move their American Hockey League team uh, to Calgary for this upcoming season, uh, taking them out of Stockton, so putting them on the Canadian side, so to try to to help logistically to have that access, a pool of players. Um, but also, what about baseball for this upcoming season, particularly the Vancouver Canadiens pair? Well, I, I think all major leagues are making sure, okay, let, let's make sure the leagues are going. And then once you get that up and running, you know, not that there hasn't been a focus, then you go, okay, so now that we've got the big guys going, 
how are we feeding it, and what are we doing with all the minor leaguers, uh, AHLers, and making sure they have a place to play and navigating, you know, what, what we're in right now. Because, you know, as, as we hear, and we just with the news break beside you, you know, we have no idea where the finish line is. But, you know, Major League Baseball has said it was, you know, yesterday, last week, rather, as we saw what the Jays were up to, you get excited that it's coming. But, yeah, there's still that unknowing. Okay, yeah, we know the schedule. We know we're going with the big boys. But, you know, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, so many players involved in it. How will that play out? What will it look like? We're seeing from a hockey perspective, we're still getting answers now. I don't know if you have the answers yet for what's going on with Minor League Baseball. Let's bring in the uh, president of the uh, Vancouver Canadians, Mr. Andy Dunn, who's uh, got a great uh, initiative he wants to share with us uh, as well. We'll get to that momentarily. Andy, good morning, sir. Good morning, guys. How are you doing today? Good, thanks. You know, I, I guess you see over the last 24 hours kind of rumblings from the Cactus League um, that maybe talk out of Arizona to put things on pause and Major League Baseball kind of unsure of what the approach is going to be i mean are you guys in a whole lot of flux still at this point with being the really the one of the only or if not the only canadian minor league baseball team in the country well it's funny you know we've heard a number of different different scenarios and but a lot of it's you know we're gonna have to be flexible you're gonna have to be patient you're gonna have to now this is not one of those situations and you know again we've dealt with it and i believe every sport has now gone through or tried to go through or have been through a partial season dealing with uh, the COVID issues. And um, if you look at it realistically, I mean, the numbers in a lot of places are higher now than they were anywhere at any time last season. So, again, we're going to have to be patient. And, you know, we know the vaccines are trying to get rolled out. But there's still a lot of things up in the air. I mean, we saw all saw the information yesterday coming out of the Cactus League that was signed by all the city managers of the towns and cities that host uh, clubs. And um, it's something we're going to have to be patient with and see what happens. I mean, we've heard also that, you know, our our clock's going to start ticking when the big league guys get called to spring training. And last year we were in spring training and everything got shut off. And then we had to do a, a... spring training 2.0 and then get the big league guys going and then the decision was made to not be able to host a minor league season and have an alternate site so again this whole thing is still up in the air we have dates set for when next spring training was supposed to start but then again you know the execution of it and the practicality and the reality of it is still up in the air well and andy the thing is there's you guys are involved in so many things it's it's about the players, but it's also about being part of community, and that means there, there's fundraisers that have gone on, and, and James and I certainly know what virtual fundraisers are about. We've both been hosting several in the last six months as everybody kind of adapts to it. And Beyond the Nat Week begins this week. What can you tell baseball fans and how they can get a little bit of taste of baseball and, and help out the Vancouver Canadians Foundation, which has been such a big part of our community? Well, first off, I really appreciate you letting me come on and uh, share a little bit about Beyond the Nat Week and our foundation, the Vancouver Canadians Baseball Foundation. You know, we're real proud of what we're able to do here in the community with the scholarships we do at UBC, the Jeff and Suzanne Bolton, Jeff Mooney and Suzanne Bolton scholarships through the Boys and Girls Club, our little league that we actually facilitate and run at Nat Bailey. You know, and but this week and normally uh, culminates Friday with our traditional sold-out luncheon uh, in downtown Vancouver with some great Jay speakers and guests. 
you know, we're not able to do that. So, we're, again, like we talked about earlier with spring training and the start of the season, you got to be flexible. you got to try to find some things that are, you can still do. But we still want to make sure we're supporting the foundation and providing the funds that we want to utilize for the young people in the community to make a difference for them. Um, so, like yesterday, we kicked it off. Today, we'll have uh, an actual we have a set of black jerseys we're putting on sale online at canadiansbaseball.com. Tomorrow, Jeff Mooney will have a video regarding kind of the state of the foundation. Uh, Thursday, Jay Kerr will have a video state of the organization. And fr- Friday, there'll be a video with myself, Paul Beeston, uh, and Hazel May kind of just having a Q&A session with questions that have been sent in from fans and just have some fun. I mean, we're, we're basically taking the same format that we normally have with the foundation luncheon spreading it over a week, but also having 50-50s that will go to the Boys and Girls Club, uh, uh, live, a silent auction online. So, again, we'd love everybody to get involved, get on board. You can get online if you want to support the Little League program and purchase a glove for a young person or an equipment bag for a young person. Again, you know, we're all in unique times. We certainly know everyone's been affected financially by this. But if you can get, get online and, you know, if you're in a, in a situation where you can purchase a glove or a bat bag, but also if you can't donate your time, because we're still going to try to do things this summer with our foundation for the young people and the people at the Boys and Girls Club, you know, we still have to generate some revenue to make sure we can help uh, facilitate some change here locally here in Vancouver. Andy, I, I was looking at some of the items available for uh, silent auction and one that I, I couldn't help but notice, but free beer for a year. You know, it's funny. We've got some tremendous uh, beer partners here in Vancouver, <laughs> and I think we started doing one of those four or five years ago. And those are tra- traditionally well, one of the one of the biggest things that we have going on. You're, no, really, a couple guys <laughs> bidding for it. Again, I don't remember what kind of layout it is. And, you know, let's keep in mind, beer for a year might be beer for a year for some people. It might be beer for a weekend for others it depends on your volume like, like, yeah. uh, it's subjective it's a subjective beer for you it is yeah. subjective it really is I mean, do you have do you have records like oh beer. the guy in 2018 just blew it out of the water so you know how much they consume well it's it's funny that i remember one season what was it about five or six years ago we have opening night and we're, we had played a hell of a ball game and, I'm, and I opened the newspaper the next day to see what kind of coverage we had and what kind of stuff each Steve Ewan had written. And I turned on the front page, and the front page of the, of the Vancouver Sun was an article about the Seas. And I'm like, great, opening day, we get a little front coverage, front page coverage. And it was an article about some guy had come to the ballpark and eaten three-foot-long hot dogs. Uh, you know, he was there he is a picture of him laid on the, on the benches of the ballpark with all of his cartons next to him. And again, nothing about the game on the field. It was about this guy who came out and ate all these hot dogs, and away you go. So you never know what the news is going to want to cover, but as long as you're covering you and giving you some support, that's all you can ask for. If it's if it's in the paper written by Steve Ewan, it has to be true. Come on. Come on. It's, uh, it's, it's... fantastic. I love that guy. <laughs> we do, too. Uh, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Pierre. Where can we find this, Andy? Because, you know, it's kind of funny. It's it's. I always think of it as kind of the official start to – to spring is coming when when you go to the Hotel Vancouver and and it's the Vancouver Canadians and the Jays of the representatives and the hot stove league and the luncheon that it is it kind of kicks everything off for me um, so it is also unique being virtual right because you know you have a certain crowd that can get away to it now virtually you can get more people to it 
if they're listening right now to us, where can they watch it? Where can they watch Friday that conversation with, with Paul Beeston and Hazel May and yourself? Is it simply just go to your Vancouver Canadians website? VancouverCanadians.com, uh, and we'll have it all posted up on a daily format. Just, it'll be right there on the, on, the, on the front page and have some fun. You know, it's funny. We started the foundation and the luncheon, I believe, 11 years ago. And, you know, my one line that I always throw out there every year, it's the truth. I love the fact that we can get 800 people in a ballroom in January and talk baseball. And there's not many places mm-hmm. in Canada that are doing that in January, getting ready for a baseball season. Maybe Toronto, but I don't think Toronto gets 800 people in a ballroom talking baseball. So it just shows Vancouver is a great baseball community, has a great history of baseball and support of baseball. And for us, it's always just a great time. And normally it just puts you right in the mindset, you know what, spring training's right around the corner in two weeks and it's, it's spring, is, spring is on the way. Love it. Love it. I think a lot of us will take that as a win right now. Andy, uh, stay safe out there. Great to catch up as always. And, uh, hey, you got me motivated for uh, beer for a year, all right? You take care. Well, guys, thank you very much for all the support on this. And it's a good cause. And for all the listeners, just go to VancouverCanadiansBaseball.com. And, you know, as always, we appreciate the tremendous support we receive here locally. There he is, Andy Dunn, the president of the Vancouver Canadians, uh, letting you know Beyond the Nat is still a go uh, later on this week, and it's going down on uh, Friday. Check out the website. Lots of great items to bid on up for grabs. All right, 745, your Canucks commute coming your way at the top of the clock. Dan Murphy drops by to join the conversation as the Canucks pick up a 7-1 win over the Senators last night. What song best sums up what you saw on the ice last night? We're going to hit the music next. Canucks in a song right here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. This is the starting lineup with James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650. Here's your Canucks in a song. Starship. Doug and Fort Moody taking us back to the 80s with what might be the most eclectic mindset we've got for Canucks in a song yet here this morning, Pear. Man, like just all over the map, they work. But, man, you talk about diverse tastes that we are about to play here on sports radio. Well, I hope we have mine ready, too, because as as the listeners have understood that after every Canucks game in the morning, we want to recap it by a song. I think you and I have both taken it as a challenge. Like, man, I do more Google and Spotify trying to find some words if I don't have the great recall of songs, and I don't. I am not a music aficionado. But, man, last night, I had as much pride as Sutter did, going, oh, he got the hat trick, and I go, oh, this is a beauty. And it's an oldie. It's one I learned on the guitar when I was trying to play. It's the classic, you love him, you hate him. But it, it is exactly what happened last night. It's Bob Dylan, little acoustic. And what happened to the Canucks? They were provided shelter in the storm. Of toil and blood. When blackness was a virtue, the road was full of mud. I came in from the wilderness, a creature void of form. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. Man, I am not a. I appreciate Bob Dylan's lyrics. I don't like how he sings. It really drives me nuts. But shelter from a storm, man. That's what they got. Very solid. Uh, very solid selection and a great. 
Uh, you know what? A, a Dylan song that kind of flies under the radar. I'll share. I'll share mine coming up in the eight o'clock hour. I want to get to a few more from our listeners here. Uh, Brett going with a little CanCon. He's going with Lover Boy, Lucky Ones. Yeah, maybe a little lucky to catch a break in the schedule when things are reeling. Uh, Ottawa rolling in last night, and they laid an absolute egg. They got called out by their head coach last night, DJ Smith, after this one as well. Jay and Lady Smith keeping it simple. The Canucks victory song. And you know what? I feel like it was very apropos after that 7-1 win last night and all the heat around this team. It's Elton John's. I'm still standing. Uh, and then uh, also, uh, how about this one? I don't know how many times sports radio and the history of it has actually experienced this, but we got a submission for That's the Way It Is from Don't give up on the fight, man. Like, it's like Celine wrote this for this edition of the Canucks here in 2021. Why do I I just think, and, and I'm not a big fan, that of, of all the songs, we're going to hear from Celine's people and royalties. Why are you using my song on Sports Talk Radio? Yeah. Hey, hey, listen, the Canucks have won two games at home. They outscored their problems against Montreal, uh, and they were they had a really bad appointment yesterday in Ottawa. You still can't go, hey, they were very good. Bottom six was great. And and the great thing about Sutter's performance yesterday when he talks about that hat trick 15 years from now, he can go, no, 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 let me tell you about all three goals. Because, man, they were snipes. They were all classic, and he led the way. 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. Keep those submissions coming in. Canucks in a song. We'll get to more of them coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Um, man, the, the Canucks found a way last night, and we'll dive into it with Dan Murphy. Olio Levy with his first NHL goal last night. Brandon Sutter's first career NHL hat trick, and Thatcher Demko with a solid effort in goal. As Petey still continues to scuffle, but the Canucks get some support last night, and they pick up a big two points at a time they sure needed it. All right, six minutes to eight o'clock. We'll get to our Canucks commute, and we'll do it next right here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. A cup of Joe and the Canuck commute. It feels pretty good, actually. Uh, um, you know, you never, you never know when you're going to get one, or if you're going to get one. So, only took me uh, only took 13 years, and uh, I was uh, you know, pretty excited. A five-star morning on the starting lineup. It's your Canucks commute, presentation of Surrey Honda. Check out Nasir and the gang at Surrey Honda, located at 152nd and Fraser Highway, where you'll find quality and community and a quality performance last night for the Vancouver Canucks as they pick up a much-needed win. James Sabalski, Perry Solkowski with you here this morning here on the starting lineup on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Dan Murphy will join us shortly, and I'll tell you what, Per. It's a win. I think people breathe a little bit. There's a little exhaling going on. But I think last night still masks some of the big issues with this team, and that's the star players still aren't quite going. But you got some help. Somebody picked you up last night. It came from Brandon Sutter. It came from Ole Levy. It came from Thatcher Demko. But, you know, it still hasn't solved the mystery of what's happened to Petey. 
collectively you you leave the room feeling okay uh individually when you get back home to your place uh, you know pd's going over an awful lot of plays uh you didn't need an in post-game interview to think of what jt miller thought of his own game you just needed to watch the game listen to the game where he gave you his own um review of his current play before the second period was out that lotto line wasn't very good I, I think, and Travis Green said, hey, the bottom six hasn't been the issue. Well, you know what? They need to help, too. You're not always going to get it from the top. And to finally get goals, Tyler Mott led the team a nice time. To see some energy from this team, some timely saves, that's the positive. But, James, yes, masking. They weren't great. They, they were good enough to beat a very, very bad hockey team who didn't give up a good effort. They got rid of them when it was two-run really quickly. Pearson scores that goal. You go, okay, at least they're going to push them aside. But make no mistake. You've got to be a lot better because I think if it's any other team from the North Division on the other side of the ice, they're in one last night. I don't know if they win. I don't know if they lose, but they're in one. So expect a bigger push tomorrow from Ottawa. But these guys have to be better, too, because it masked some mistakes, still gave up some chances, needed some saves, still clumsy with the puck, and still not finishing as far as the big guys are concerned. Well, it's just, I mean, the magnitude of the giveaways, right? They they weren't necessarily as glaring from the stars, but, you know, Horvat had a giveaway early, and, I mean, I think it was kind of a bad pass that he got from Tanner Pearson in the first period, but, you know, Canucks are on their heels on that, you know, Tyler Myers had a tough giveaway that resulted in the back of the net as well. But, you know, not to be outdone, the Senators just, they had a whole nother level of um, ineptitude last night, I guess you could say, where, you know, that was a team that eventually, once they got down, um, it really kind of got away from them in that third period as the Canucks continued to pour it on. And, you know, hey, look, I, I think, you know, you kind of channel a little inner Cobra Kai here, no mercy from a hockey standpoint that the Canucks needed that, right? They, they needed that to try to get some people going. But, you know, I think one of the things you heard from Travis Green last night, praising the bottom six, you know, guys that we often sit there and lament, man, that's a lot of money to be spending on guys who don't help. What would the conversation be, Pear, about Brandon Sutter if he was – half the price on a cap hit would he still work would he would he fit here with this team going forward if he was half the price well it you know it makes you think i think um, he would he like a very two, good like in a the playoffs i i, yeah. I think sure you could use him. hey brandon Sider getting moved to that number three center role which travis green likes him in adam godet not earning it and saying you go watch for a while it's a fit for Sutter. And I think, you know, people yesterday in the text line, I was saying you need a little more from the bottom six. What do you expect from the bottom six? I expect a little more. I expect them to shut some games down when they have the lead. But I do think they should be able to chip in. I'm not saying hat tricks. But at some point, if you're scoring four goals, you know, give me one or two of them the odd time from that bottom six. And, and Sutter, he still shows that skill. You talk about Olevi, a guy who's been banged up. Sutter hasn't played injury-free and pain-free hockey for a long time. And I don't know if he is now, but he still offers you something, James. Yeah, no, and look, I mean, I think it's a, it's a nice story. Um, I, I think it is, he, he does offer something. And I just look at, I look at where this team's at right now and for all the financial issues that we've talked about with, with Jim Benning and where he's at, um, and the future that's on the line for him. You know, you're coming up on almost seven years with Benning. You know, the first real deal of substance that Jim Benning had was the Ryan Kessler trade, and he kind of had to make that with at least one, maybe two hands tied behind his back, you know, kind of really limited options. And Brandon Sutter was kind of viewed to be a 
a core piece of this team. At least Jim kind of sold that, and it didn't turn out, right? I mean, injuries absolutely demolished Brandon Sutter's time here, but we're kind of here on the home stretch where there's about three months left to Brandon Sutter here as a Vancouver Canuck, at least at $4.3 million or whatever. Um, but when he... When he comes away and his contract's up, I just I, I do wonder like at at half the price, at two million dollars for Brandon Sutter, I don't think you want to go any sort of long term deal with him, but you know if he's still a better option for this team, like look, I, I think there was still some value with him from the playoffs last year, and I think so far this season, we've seen it as well. Now most of his goals all came last night, but I think Brandon Sutter still gives this team something. Well, Lee, he plays like that. There's going to be a lot of hockey teams, depending on where the Canucks are, that would have an interest in him. But after the season's done, if he finishes here at his age, how many suitors does he have out there? It's not like he will be Chris Tanev. He hit his home run deal when he came here. So how many people are out there? Does he look and understanding what he offers leadership-wise, and they go, okay, how many people are out there? How many people are getting him at 32 or does he look at that $2 million or $1.5 maybe and say, are you comfortable with the situation here in Vancouver? Um, but I just don't know. if You've got Beagle and you've got Sutter. Can you keep two spots there and avoid the growth of an Adam Goddett if he's your guy? But it's a conversation. I, I don't think we've seen the best of Brandon Sutter. If he has a healthy year, you go, okay, we just went through losing a lot of guys in the room. Here's an assistant captain. Do we want to lose him or do we make him an offer that fits and might fit his perspective as well? You hope you have that. You weren't going to get it with Tanif because Tanif deserved more and went and got his. But Sutter's already had his. He's not getting a bigger contract when he leaves. Let's bring in uh, Dan Murphy, uh, who was there last night at the rink. Uh, Murph, good morning, sir. Good morning, fellas. How's it going today? All right. I mean, I think uh, it uh, it feels like the sun came out this morning here in Canuck land, doesn't it? But, uh, I mean, look, I mean, they're not out of the woods just yet. I think the the big issue, uh, you know, Pedersen is still not Petey that this market's fallen in love with. But let, let's start with Brandon Sutter and the story last night. Brandon Sutter at half the price. Would it be, like, would he be a fit for this team at all after this year? Um, well, I, I say no. Um, just because of the mere fact you have Beagle. And we've talked about, you know, the redundancy uh, of that. Um, I think you have to, at some point, give Godet the chance to sink or swim. And if there was no Beagle, yes, sure. Um, I think you could look at that. But I just think right now, I mean, I, this is not hindsight. When Beagle was signed to that contract, we all said, well, they already have Brandon Sutter for that role. Mm. So I think because Beagle's got a year left, I think that after this season, uh, you have to walk on from Brandon Sutter. Um, I mean, he's been a, uh, he's, he's, you know, you never question his effort. He's been a guy that's been hurt uh, more often than not. He's had all those core problems and abdominal problems um, and battled back time and time again. So you like to see him get some, you know, some success in a game like last night because uh, heaven knows he's been criticized uh, daily in this market. But I just don't think uh, at this point it makes sense bringing him back. You have to find another solution uh, at third-line center. Um, and if that's got at, great. If it's not, I think you have to look to someone a little bit younger uh, than Brandon Sutter and try to do an issue in a new era. So uh, as much as I, I love the guy as a person and the way he battles, I think that uh, after this year, uh, that's the last we'll see of Brandon Sutter. Uh, it's two points. Uh, that's what the objective is when they started the hockey game, Murph. 
mm-hmm. were they good enough to beat other teams in the Canadian in the North Division, or were they lucky that Ottawa was the opponent? I think probably you could say a little bit of both. I mean, Matt Murray certainly wasn't great uh, last night. Um, I don't you, I don't think you'd expect goaltending to be like that uh, all the time against you. But listen, going into that game, uh, going into the series, everybody said, listen, they've got to win two of three, and I think the wins need to be somewhat convincing. And last night it certainly was. So regardless of the opponent, regardless of how the goaltending was, you take that win and, and you run with it. But the fact remains, it was a one-goal game halfway through the second period. I know that the Canucks uh, scored 30 seconds after that Austin Watson goal. Uh, but, I mean, what you're looking for is something to build on, something to get some forward traction with, and certainly you got that. Um, but, I mean, there's still tons of issues. I mean, halfway through the game, I think the shots were somewhere like 29-21 Ottawa, right? They had had a couple of uh, breakdowns that led to odd man rushes. So there's certainly still lots of things to clean up. But you can only beat the teams in front of you. I think everybody feels like Vancouver should be beating the Ottawa Senators. They did, and now they have to build on it, and they have to expect a much, you know, a much better Senators team, especially after what DJ Smith said after the game last night. Uh, so you need to build on it, and you cannot take a step back at this point because looming after this is a, a very difficult road trip: Winnipeg, Montreal, that just you know feasted on you, and then Toronto. Uh, and if you're having still those defensive lapses against a team with the skill of Toronto. Uh, you're going to get buried. No, uh, Dan Murphy with us here this morning on Sportsnet 650. And, you know, the, I think we're still kind of waiting. It, it, not that it's been the problem. We've talked about it the, over the last few days. But from a goaltending standpoint, what we saw from Thatcher Demko last night, uh, not spectacular, but solid. And I think that's what you needed where I think the Canucks still gave up 36 shots, but they just weren't the egregious giveaways and the mm-hmm. odd man rushes. I mean, there were a few, but I feel like they kind of cut down some of those that we've been seeing like Montreal when they were just bleeding them for three nights, Murph. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, it, I don't know what the numbers say in my mind. It was probably their second best defensive game. Um, I think still the, the opening night uh, was probably their best, despite the fact that McDavid had three or four glorious chances. That's yeah. going to happen. Um, but I think this looked like a much better defensive effort, especially when you're coming off that Montreal series. Um, you know, and I think Demko made the big saves when he had to. I'll be really curious to see if, you know, they're both going to get a start in the next two. Um, but if it was me, I'd go with Demko for the next one, right? I mean, I don't I think Otto will be going back to Matt Murray, but I think this is the time to give a guy consecutive starts. I think to reward Demko for that, his first one of the season, um, you know, and a real quality start, and then you go back to Holtby on Thursday night. That's what I would do. I'm not sure if that's what Travis Green is going to do, but I think uh, that performance kind of warrants uh, the case to uh, go away from the goaltending split that had been just alternating starts. Um, because Holtby, it's not like he's going to sit for long. He'll get a start on Thursday. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see what Travis Green decides to do. Murph mentioned that in the 6 o'clock hour, it kind of sets up for it. I understand you might have had your, your Bill, Walsh play, Bill Walsh play calls done, and this is what you're going to do for the first 15, but why not say, hey, we got one. The entire lineup gets to go at these guys again to see, and you know that Holpe's going to play on Thursday. Hey, and if he's lights out on Thursday, maybe he goes on Saturday. I think it's time you make those adjustments. Um, how much did Sutter, you know, he's going to play wherever, but listen, down the middle, it just seemed a little bit better. Adam Gaudet, much like Zach McEwen came back with a little more energy. Did he need this break, and Sutter being in that middle spot, is he that much more comfortable too? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that when, you know, 
when Sutter plays like that, we all know he's got the release. We know he's got the shot. Uh, when he's healthy, he can skate. I mean, the way he pulled away for the hat-trick goal, that was impressive. I think that the way Adam Gaudet, uh has to solidify a spot back down the middle is if somehow they can figure out a way to get him killing penalties. I, I know we talked about it at the start of the season or heading into the season that this is what the tape he looked at in, in the summer uh, in, the, uh, in training camp with uh, Baumgartner trying to figure out how to get the penalty killing. Uh, but for him to supplant someone like Sutter or to even get back in there at the expense of, of uh, Zach McEwen, I think that he's going to have to grow in other areas. And you know, I don't think that Adam Goddard has been terrible. I mean, there's been flashes, the first Calgary game especially. I think he had three or four chances in the first period alone, uh, maybe in the second Calgary game. So I don't think he's been bad. But when you have a series like you did against Montreal, um, you need to make changes. Um, and he, unfortunately for him, you know, it's easy for a coach to put Sutter back in the middle and bring in an energy guy like Zach McEwen. So, I, you know, I have no doubt we'll see Adam Gaudet sooner rather than later. But I think that if he can uh, find a way to work on his PK uh, to make that something that the coach can count on, then I think he's going to be a much better option to be in the lineup full time. It kind of flies under the radar, Murph, um, for the way that the game kind of played out. And I don't think they're quite out of the, the mud just yet. But how about Quinn Hughes' goal last night? I mean, to take to take that goal, skate, skate, and still tucks it in. I mean, for all the struggles that that guy's had over the last week particularly, I mean, that is still an all-world skill finish to be able to do that. Bang, bang, bang. To have a bouncing puck like that and to still tuck it in past Matt Murray, who, yes, granted he had a horrible night, but that's still pretty impressive what Quinn Hughes pulled off. Well, I think that's what you're looking for from guys like Pedersen and Hughes. You're going to have the odd turnover. Of course, because if just when you have a high skill players like that, they're going to take some more chances because they have the ability to make those things happen, right? You just can't have it happening more often than the good things. And so I think a game like last night for Hughes, it wasn't perfect, but with those, there were those moments again where we went, ah, you know, there's Quinn Hughes. That's why. There's the skating ability, the chant, the way to get out of trouble in his own end, the create offense um, in front of Matt Murray. And I think that's what you look for. I mean, you always know that these highly skilled players, and you put Miller in that there as well, they're going to create turnovers. I'm sorry, they're going to make turnovers just because of the way they play. But when the turnovers outweigh the number of good things they do, that's where it's been a problem. And that's what's happened with the Canucks so far this season. But I think last night, uh, for Quinn Hughes uh, anyway, it was the way you need to see it. Yeah, you know, and I had a tough time. And Lord knows I'm Perry positive. But you, you see on, uh, you know, on that four pressure, you, you know, if you pressure anyone as forwards and that's what they said they wanted to do, you hope to create mistakes. But I mean, they did that on a, on a team that had Gabranson playing 20 minutes. And guess what? Quinn Hughes looked a little more comfortable because you didn't have big forwards, you know, Josh Anderson barreling down on him. But Murph, I would say that that's where you get the confidence back is you, you can play a hockey game against a weaker team, work on your own things. And then realize, okay, come Saturday, I might not have that extra quarter second that I had against Ottawa. And I, I don't think they get that tomorrow because the one thing we expected from the Senators was they would work hard and they didn't give any of that yesterday. No, no question. You saw at the end of the game, I think Austin Watson's going to be looking to murder people at the start of tomorrow's game. I mean, he was angry yeah. going off the ice. And, 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 I, and if we think about Quinn Hughes, he's not going to have the same amount of time. It mean, we know he can do it. He did it against St. Louis. He did it yeah. after kind of a rough start against Vegas. Right, he's got it. He's got it against good teams, good players, uh, and teams that aren't uh, great, and uh, players that aren't great. He can do it. We've seen it in the in the you know the toughest time of the year. 
So if a game like last night gives him that, you know, a little bit of confidence, a little bit of belief, a little bit of swagger, um, then I think it's a great thing moving forward, no matter who the opponent. Murph, appreciate this. Uh, I think I'm assuming it's a day off for the team today. Nope, skating at eleven thirty. I think they're wow. doing that because tomorrow's a five o'clock start, so I'm guessing mm. no morning skate tomorrow. So I'll get a practice in today. The Senators will as well. Uh, I wouldn't expect any changes from the Canucks, but I'm I'm uh, interested to see what the Senators do. They've got to make changes, I think, starting in goal, and then it'll be interesting to see if uh, Stutzla is, is back in there because uh, DJ's had some pointed uh, comments after a few games about young mistakes and such, and that's it's kind of causing a a ruffle in the Ottawa market because they say, hey, if we're going to lose, let's lose with the young guys. Yeah. But, of course, the head coach is trying to you know, make a, make a point and trying to get a different culture. So I'm, I'll be really interested to see what changes he makes uh, for uh, Wednesday's game. Yeah, and Stutzla's first game after coming off uh, a brief little visit on uh, IR. Thanks, Murph. All right, boys. There he is, uh, Dan Murphy, uh, Sportsnet's own, weighing in with uh, an impressive Canucks win. And uh, not buying into uh, the mystique of the hat trick last night for uh, Brandon Sutter, uh, cut bait. And, and you know what? You know, at, at the end of this season, and I, I think it, it is valid, right? Um, in terms of what you've got, Jay Beagle already. Um, now, the idea of at some point you got to find out what you've got in Adam Gaudet. Um, are you willing to commit that next year beyond this season? Like, I, I think you'd like this season to be kind of the show me year for Adam Gaudet, and I'd say at this point it's been a fail pair because he's not even into the lineup. Well, you also have an expansion draft coming up. You wonder if some deals could be made, who fits where. Um, I think Gaudet gets back in the lineup. You know, I, I want to take this point about Murph because I think it works on the reverse, right? I talked about Quinn Hughes, and hey, he had that little extra time that you get against Ottawa. So he can start and goes, you know, we know he can do it with no time because he did it in the playoffs. But I think the reverse is true last night, James. If you look at the play from uh, Niels Hoaglander, like, okay. And even Ole Olevi in that sense. Okay, you were throwing it to fire. Here's Connor McDavid. Figure it out. There's a good balanced Calgary team. And now here's the Montreal Canadiens. Go play. Try and figure it out. And for the most part, those two rookies did. They weren't great. They were as good as their teammates, but they didn't shy away. And then all of a sudden they got Ottawa. And to me, Hoaglander especially played with so much confidence going, okay, yeah, no, that was really tough last week. Now I get a little bit of space. I've got that much more confidence. So it can work two ways. This is what the bar is going to be. Some nights it could be a little bit lower. He's going, oh, excellent, man. I know I can play with the big guys. Now if we have a weaker opponent, I can show even more of my confidence. So uh, interesting dilemma by what the Canucks have here, who they have to play to start. And Sutter said as much, you're going to have a six-game skid at any point in the season ours just came out of the gate and that had us all wondering but i think we'll be okay uh hoaglander now uh tied for second overall for most points by a rookie so far this season um ty smith and kirill kapriza both tied with six overall uh and then you've got hoaglander with uh two goals and two assists now he's played more games than anybody but right now tied for second with uh Pius Suter and Josh Norris right now and um yeah it's encouraging right i mean you're seeing things that i, I think the big question mark and i think even Travis Green alluded to this last night pair you know my question was because Bo Horvat played in a matchup role so often last season would it work with somebody like Hoaglander playing alongside. And I would say to this point, yes, the record isn't favorable, but I don't think Hoaglander's looked entirely out of place, especially when you see, you know, we talk about the Brandon Sutter goal, you know, on when he's down and out on the ice, 
know, Hoaglander basically on his stomach last night making that pass over to Tanner Pearson. Like, that's that's an all-skill effort right there. You know what made me believe this kid will, will be here to stay and do something, and eventually he'll be full-time top six, is when they played against Montreal on Saturday and the lines were shuffled up and the line in that first period was Sutter, Zach McEwen was back in, and Hoaglander played the wing. And, and I looked at that line, and they had a couple of really strong shifts to start. And I said, well, that works. You've got responsible centermen. You've got a big guy who's starting to skate. And then you've got a little guy who's got a whole bunch of confidence. And he just has that confidence to play. And, you know, I know we talked about it. I, I, I don't know what we had an over-under on how many goals he would score. Hey, he deserves to be there. And anytime Travis Green talks about him, he talks about, you know, the way he works. And, you know, he's, he's a defensively, he's learning. You know, he'll make some mistakes, but he's pretty responsible in his own end. And that's the first thing that a rookie needs from your head coach is the guy to say, hey, he's pretty responsible. Because Travis Green's not going to teach him to do anything when he's in the other team's end. That's all on Holglander and his creativity. But if you're responsible, and he has been for the most part, after that egregious mistake he made, and you got to make those mistakes, that's what means he's sitting in the lineup. I mean, this kid, you say where he is in the rookie scoring, and Grant, the Canucks have played more games than anybody else. But I just think he's going to be that much more fun to watch as he grows with the confidence and goes, all right, I've played everybody. It's not like you're going, what's coming? Oh, geez, now I finally get to see what it is to play Crosby. No, you just got to figure out six teams to play against, and that might make it easier for him. Hey, we also kind of buried the lead on that for a second, by the way. Friend of the show, Ty Smith, currently leading all rookies in scoring right now, Pair. Brendan Gallagher's roommate, Pat. you know, hey, like, hey, former Spokane Pat, I was chief. Think, yes, I was thinking we should text him. Gallagher and Smith uh, playing a crib together to get through it. He's a friend of the show. He's actually the roommate of Jack Hughes. And Jack was talking yesterday in New Jersey how, man, he just leaves it all up to Ty Smith to do everything. He's the cook. And I thought of the conversation we had with Gallagher and Ty Smith. And it was like, yeah, Ty doesn't know what he's doing. And Gallagher is leading the way. It's funny how that works ahead. Now Ty Smith is all of a sudden this guy who is who is is leading and showing Jack Hughes how to do things as they room together. But good for him. So much was expected of him after his Western Hockey League career. And that's a New Jersey Devils team that has gotten better a lot quicker than I anticipated. They're fun to watch. I've watched a few of their periods. They're moving the right way right now. Well, they've grown up, right? I mean, I, I think it seems to be evident that Jack Hughes needed an extra year to kind of mature, and I think Alex Lafreniere is quickly finding out what it's like to jump in from junior hockey into the NHL, and especially after going a year without playing hockey and then stepping in where he's played five games now with the Blue Shirts, and he's yet to pick up a point. We'll keep this conversation going. It's 25 minutes after 8 o'clock here on this Tuesday morning. Hey, a lot of submissions coming in. We're going to hit the music. Canucks in a song. What song best sums up what you saw on the ice from that Canucks win over the Senators last night? Dunbar-Lumber text line is always open at 650-650. At Sportsnet 650 is where you can find us on Twitter as well. We'll hit the music next right here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Welcome to the starting lineup with James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. 8.30, clearing this morning. Going to get up to a high of 4 degrees. James Sabolski, Perry Solkowski here at the starting lineup on Sportsnet 650. It's a day off for the Canucks. Well, practice day. 
and then it's game day tomorrow, and then it's a, a double shot. I am somewhat surprised, Pear, that the Canucks are are back on the ice, but I think it clearly speaks to the need and the uh-huh. importance of, of practice right now. But, you know, this is a team that's had – this is their third three and four nights that they'll essentially play in just over – in two weeks and one day, they'll have played three stints of three games in four nights. Like, there hasn't been a lot of time for this team to kind of breathe – um, but I guess it speaks to the importance of what this team needs right now. We talk about practice, man. Well, you know, James, I'm, I didn't, you know, CBA uh, dictates the days off needed, how much they have to get. And, and I was actually happily surprised when Murph said, no, they're going to be on the ice. I don't think this team needs to jump on the ice and go, okay, we're going to have to push it hard. But I do think, and Tyler Myers talked about it on Sunday, he goes, it's just nice to get some touches and throw as many passes across with your D-man, whip it around the boards, see what they like a little bit more. I mean, that was a quick training camp, and then you're into the fire. So uh, they took full advantage of it on Sunday. So if you can get the guys on the ice, put them on the ice. You know, Maybe it's the extra shots that they need that make a difference. We saw Petey still lacking the confidence. You know, Maybe if you do another couple of pockets full of, of, of one-timers, it makes a difference. So... Good on them that they got some practice. Doesn't mean they've got to work them really hard, but it means, hey, let's get some things better because, you know, they gave up a lot of really good opportunities. It's just the opportunities uh, that Ottawa had were coming by some lesser lights who didn't take advantage of it. If they do and if they have some finish, it's a different game. So practice now because it's probably the only one they're going to have until they're back in Montreal. What are we talking uh, about? practice <laughs> exactly uh all right time to hit the music canucks in a song we've had all sorts of submissions pouring in all morning long at 650 on the dunbar lumber text line we always kind of sum it up after a game what song in your mind and music subjective right what song best sums up what we saw from the canucks on the ice last night and here's my my choice okay here pair i'm going with seeing how things played out you know we still don't have Pedersen back to where he should be, or I think where this market hopes that he should be. But Brandon Sutter picks up a hat trick last night, first of his career. Jay Beagle was a beast in the faceoff circles, also picking up an apple as well. Tyler Mott just being his pesky old Tyler Mott self. Thatcher Demko was solid. Even Antoine Roussel was noticeable out there last night. And so that's where I'm looking at where all these supporting role players picked up the stars. I'm going to go with the Golden Girls theme. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. You know, feel free to sing along in the car while you're feeling it, right? Think about Brandon Sutter. You're a pal and a confidant. Come on, everybody, bring it in. And if you threw a party, come on, invited everyone you knew. Jim and Jay Beagle can come. I don't remember who actually originally sang it, but I would say thank you for being a friend. It actually got airplay other than the beginning of the Golden Girls, didn't it? Yeah, it was. I think uh, it was a hit song before. Yeah, it was. A, it did. It did have some play. I can't remember the original artist who did it, but um, hey, you need everybody, man. You need everybody in that dressing room. And and there are guys. We're not sitting here and talking about the next big contract for everybody in the room. We're talking about it for two guys, and they need them to be better. And we heard about J.T. Miller. You didn't have to listen to his post game press conference. He didn't do one. He did it for the entire viewing audience and listening audience on Sportsnet yesterday during the second period when it was just the f me. Like, what am I doing? So he figured it out. But guess what? JT Miller doesn't go home feeling, hey, great. 
this feels better. We got two points. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being a friend. I got to be better. So now I, I would expect tomorrow that top line finally busts out going, okay, that's enough, guys. Let's figure this out. But, boy, it feels good when friends show up, and they certainly did yesterday for the Canucks. I mean, it keeps saying it for, what, eight games, and at some point, you know, you're going to get one right. But we're still waiting, and everybody keeps saying it's going to happen, and it still hasn't. So we continue to wait and until it happens. We don't. Uh, 650-650, the Dunbar Lumber text line. A reminder, this hour, a presentation of Surrey Honda. Check out Nasir and the gang at 152nd and Fraser Highway. Surrey Honda, where you'll find quality and community. How about this submission from Dave here? He's going with little Kenny Loggins. I'm all right. I'm all right. Nobody but about me. Why you got to give me a fight? 7-1 win. That's a lot of problems. And uh, you know what? I think everybody needed that last night in this market with the, uh, the tension in this market. And uh, the Canucks feeling all right. Well, here's what, I, here's what I would say, and thank you for someone who texted in and said Andrew Gold wrote that song. You know, is Andrew Gold singing that? Is that not a female voice singing that it, 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 the, the, Yes, but the original version, uh, Andrew Gold is the original writer and, uh, and singer of it, and then it was redone for the, uh, the theme of Golden Girls. I will say this on the Kenny Loggins, I'm all right. Are the Canucks all right? They still made some mistakes. Like I am going to say you've been sick. And, you know, you didn't go to work. And the next day you're going, I don't know, you're ready to go to work. I, I think I'm all right. Like, you're not just sure. I got to reserve judgment, man. I got to wait till tomorrow. Beat this team again. And then I go, you know what? Yeah, you're feeling better. But there were still some holes in it. Got the win. That's great. Feel positive. I don't know if they are completely all right at this point. You know what? A bad team masks a lot of problems when you get a slump buster oh. win like that. But I would say this, uh, for a team that was bleeding goals uh, to limit just the one last night, uh, despite still giving up 36 shots, I think you're doing something right. Uh, how about Cole Jeet going with a little culture club, Karma Chameleon? Karma, 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 karma. Yeah, like who are these guys, right? <laughs> you know, one night they're getting pummeled, the next night they're they're doing the pummeling. Uh, how about this submission? Uh, don't forget to sign your text, by the way. System of a down. Kind of what the Canucks did last night to the Senators. A little chop suey. And it kind of turned the Canucks, or turned the Senators last night into chop suey in that one. I was kind of hoping to see more out of Tim Stutzler last night, and um, obviously uh, a tough night for the kid who finished a dash four. Well, and guess what? I was I was looking for you know Kachuk to do something. Don't really even think I heard his name until the third period. Just a reminder that you know young kids are inconsistent. Doesn't matter what uniform they're in. We've seen it here in Vancouver, and you can be good. You can be talked about around the league. But, you, you know, to be there every game is the challenge of being a pro hockey player. And more so when you're, you know, decided that you're going to be a superstar and expectations are of everybody, you've got to stop him. Um, I, I think we'll get a better effort. I don't know if they get a win, but I know G.J. Smith, how he called his team out. He needs a better effort. you got to work harder if you're the Ottawa Senators. We'll see that tomorrow. 
Uh, Dave Grohl is the coolest guy in rock and roll, in my opinion, right now. And so I love Torgy and Langley's submission with the Foo Fighters and times like these. Times like these, Pear. Times like these, you kind of find out what you've got internally. And we've talked a lot over the last 24 hours about chemistry. Kevin Bieksa brought it up yesterday. Elliot Friedman, who will join the program with Andrew Walker and Satyar Shah later on today, he spoke at length about this and the sort of disconnect in the room right now without Markstrom and Tanov as well on our sister station, Sportsnet 960, the fan last night. But, you know, we talked about this at the outset. Sometimes adversity brings this team together. And Bo Horvat spoke at length about this a couple of days ago, about some of the new guys still trying to get up to speed, and they got to help them along these days. Um, you know, I, I think when you get through a tough, a tough spell like this, sometimes it kind of rallies the troops, and you have those uncomfortable discussions that need to be had in order to get everybody on the same page. Yeah, I think we, um, you know, it, it's everybody, right? It, it's easy to point to the big scores and not getting it done. Um, Brandon Sutter talked about, you know, every team has their struggles throughout the year. That's just obvious. It doesn't matter how good you are. You are going to have a little bit of a rough patch. He goes, maybe ours just happened to be coming out of the gate that we were going to have it. And uh, maybe it was the lack of chemistry that they had in the room. You know, Don saying, you know, texting in on the Dunbar Lumber text line. Yeah, the team needed a win and they got it a better effort. Now let's see them doing it against the team with substance. You know, I'm not going to say that's negative. That's fact. Ottawa Senators are the easy out in this division. Now, probably last night was as easy as you're going to get all year long. But if it's a check yourself in the mirror, we all need to be better. Okay, we did it on the bottom six now. We'll see if they can get it up. But I, I don't think we can judge this team. I thought we were rushing to judgment this week if they weren't successful. I think we're rushing to judgment this week if they are successful. You still need to see what they could do over the next couple of weeks before you, you realize what you have. East Van Tommy uh, texting another Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650, thinking that uh, last night's game going to kickstart a run for the Canucks. That's why he's going with Van Halen and right now. Also, a little Pantera. A little Van Hagar, just to clarify. Um... My kids, by the way, got like so tired of me back in uh, a few months ago when when Eddie Van Halen passed. Did man, you? I went through a stretch where, for about a month straight, I listened to Van Halen every day, and I'd pick up the kids from school and just had Van Halen pumping. They're like, "Oh, this is again, Dad." Honestly, but it yeah. was yeah, it was almost a little too much because everywhere I went, everyone was playing it. Yeah, but there's so many memories for generations, right? What they done. We should give a shout out to and, and thank you. Keep the Canucks in a song going. We'll keep it going. But we better get a shout out to the man behind the glass because, you know, we sit here, talk about it, and everybody's going, now this song, that song. And then it's Balak who all of a sudden is, is channeling his, his inner Ryan Seekers trying to find all these cuts. Uh, but I love the challenge that we put out, is, and a lot of people are thinking it. Hey, there's a lot of go tos that we can drop in that we've been doing this for a while. Yeah, you know, be creative and find some of those songs outside the box that really fit what we saw in the last 60 minutes. Uh, like Pantera's Walk. Shout out to Rob Van Dam. 
Uh, also, a little love for Metallica. Nothing else matters. And, man, some other good ones. Rod Langley with We Can Be Heroes. Uh, so, some real good creativity this morning. I like where people's heads are at uh, to try to turn things around for the Canucks as they pick up a win uh, last night over the Senators. And then it's a double shot uh, coming up Wednesday and Thursday. And tomorrow, pair, it's a 5 o'clock start, which might also connect the dots, as Murph was alluding to, why the Canucks are actually practicing today uh, because in all likelihood they won't have a skate tomorrow morning. Yeah, and and just for people to realize, right? We have so many of the of the teams from Audis coming here. You know, you you get double double headers going on on Wednesday and on Saturday. Thus, we're going to see it, and they're realizing, hey, who's it going to affect? Well, as long as the broadcasters can do it, it's not like a lot of people are getting out of work early to come watch the game at the rink. So, thus, you're going to see throughout the year some of these earlier starts. I don't mind it. And hey, James, for you and I who have to get up pretty early. I don't mind it when we're not listening to post game at 11 o'clock at night. So, uh, yeah, 5 o'clock tomorrow, game number two against the Senators. Uh, okay, some uh, some final thoughts before we turn things over to the Scott Rintoul Show coming your way at the top of the clock. Hey, also a shout-out to Joel uh, getting trained uh, alongside uh, Greg Ballack, uh, learning how to man all that DJ spinning, manning those turntables. So shout-out to Joel and Greg. They're getting it done this morning on the other side of the glass at Sportsnet 650. Okay, uh, celebrating a massive milestone in the hockey world today. We'll also look ahead to tonight's action in the National Hockey League and try to get you paid next. Some final thoughts right here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Now more of the starting lineup with James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650. Tonight is the busiest night of the year in the National Hockey League pair. 26 teams see in action tonight in the NHL. The Canucks not one of them, but it's a big one. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised early on in this season that that tonight is is the one night. But um, lots of different games. I don't want to boast, James, but when we started making our picks, like I got to think that my winning percentage has got to be in the high 80s. Like I am just both you and I. I mean, with one game, we both playing the hometown favorites, which was the smart call in playing the Vancouver Canucks. But yeah, lots of games to choose from, and I think in the next week or two, we have a better idea of the identity. Of the teams, and, and the one team right now, if you look at a distance, certainly from a betting standpoint, is the, the Pittsburgh Penguins are a team that, you know, you saw them get ousted by Montreal, and you wondered if, are they getting old, or how injured are these guys? But right now, uh, Sid's in one, man. they got to turn some things around to Pittsburgh. Sid's been all right, though. I mean, he's putting up numbers to start the well, season. He's kind of he, Yeah, he's and I guess well. when I him. say that, it's his team, right? Like, they need something going there. Well, they're four and two to start the season, so I mean, I think I think if you were a Canucks fan, you'd happily take a four and two mark right now in the uh, in the Gord Downey division, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. You would like to, you would like to get in that. I think the New Jersey Devils are going to change some things. I thought Boston would fall apart. They've been off to a good start. There's nothing easy about what's going on out in the East. There's someone that that had texted in the other day saying, honestly, we talk so much about the Canadian division. But do you honestly think it's that difficult? Well, the answer is, yeah, I do. Uh, I'll take the yeast, too. But, you know, the Canucks took advantage of one bad hockey team, and that's the only bad hockey team. So because of that, of my lock tonight, is the fact to beat someone in this Canadian vision two in a row is difficult. Maybe not so much tomorrow for the Canucks, but I think it is in Calgary where the Leafs got one, uh, and they were lucky with a couple of goals they had, I think. I am going to play my games around the Calgary Flames bouncing back and beating the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
You're taking the flames uh, tonight to bounce back. I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm taking the flames to bounce back. I feel like uh, feel pretty good. The last couple of days, I uh, on Saturday, I liked the Jets to take care of it. I feel like you know it's kind of been a nice theme. Just just take any team that's playing the Ottawa Senators. But I liked the Jets back on Saturday to win. They took care of business there in the third. Uh, Canucks pulled away last night as well, and I liked the over with that, and so that both kind of delivered. So tonight, I'm going to give it a double shot here. I'm going to try to help double your money people i'm gonna go say go with two of them all right i'm gonna say the islanders over the capitals tonight pair and you well, know the, the cat the caps have nobody right now right like Ovi with the foolish oh. mistake um but no kuznets up no ovechkin right now no orlov no samsonov uh so you got those guys that are out of the mix right now for the capitals so take the islanders but you know what Double it up tonight with the Minnesota Wild at home over the L.A. Kings. The Wild are good. The Wild are fun. They can skate. They got some offense. They're off to a good start. Take the Wild and the Islanders to take care of business tonight. Uh, I've played against the L.A. Kings a couple of times in Colorado there and St. Louis. They surprised me by what they have. But I don't mind that Minnesota team. I don't mind that Minnesota team. We just think of the Minnesota Wild as, oh, man, lock it all down. They've got some talent there, and they're flying. I don't mind your pick. I got burnt by Washington and playing the fact that, okay, you just lost four of your key players. You're not going to be able to bounce back, but maybe going up against Barry Trotz. Hey, I like that. There's a lot of things that you can do when you've got this many games going on. Um, I like to, to rest with my formula of the bounce-back games I'm eyeing up the Winnipeg Jets, too, to get one back against the Edmonton Oilers. But it's going to be an awful lot of fun, and maybe this is what the Canucks needed, to play last night, get the result, sit back, relax, watch some things, and then get back at it tomorrow afternoon. Uh, we should say happy 60th birthday to uh, the GOAT. And, I mean, when we're talking about legit GOATs in the sport, um, hey, Wayne Gretzky, 60 years old today, and a guy who, man, made a lot of people fall in love with the game uh, in a way that we had just never seen the game you played before. And just the magic, the numbers, the records, and, and most of these numbers will stand for the test of time, I would imagine. You know, still the greatest, and it was early on when we got together on this show, he still lives up to every responsibility he says because we were at the liberty of, no, Gretzky's people said he'll call at 8 o'clock on this morning, and we're going, oh, he's not calling. Oh, he's not calling. There's the ring. Hi, great one. How are you? He was terrific, continues to be the fun thing with some of these games that are still being played on sports that you have to see him in his prime in an oiler jersey how you posted a picture of him in a st louis blues jersey today on instagram is sacrilegious what were you thinking i got a, i was looking for a laugh mission accomplished my friend uh the scott ritual show come up your way in a matter of moments louis debrus from hockey united canada set to join scotty and much much more have a great day we're back at it tomorrow same bat time same bat channel it'll be game day right here on your home of the canucks sports at 650